episode 303 of TechSync, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Today is a sunny day in Pasadena. We're in Jason's Batcave, and um, I'm glad that the sun is back in town because we have had at least a week of pretty hardcore rain. And welcome to the show. Hey, Jason, how you doing? Doing all right. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are your holidays? Very, very nice. What'd you um, do? Very standard. We had, we actually, it switched up a little bit in the sense that normally we go to the grandparents' house. That's what we've done mm-hmm. all the time I've been in America. But this year's this year we hosted. Really? So, oh, that's because you live, you live, you and Georgie's and her sister. You guys all live yeah, together. Yeah, we all so. live together. So it will just be easier for just two grandparents to come over to our place. Right. Versus ship everyone to Do they house. live in Orange County still? They do live in Orange County. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Did you get anything special? Um, I got a VR headset. How's that? Uh, <clears throat> you know, you plug your iPhone into it. I mean, I'm really excited about VR. I wasn't too impressed with the VR headset, but I'm excited to do something like get the HTC Vive. Um, there's, I'm hearing really good reports about that. In fact, there was something on Hacker News yesterday about Ooh, that. What is it exactly? It's basically, it's like the Oculus, but it's full room VR. So basically you plug it, you, you, you put these things on the ceiling so it completely tracks you. And it gives you full room movement in the VR okay. space. Okay. And um, it's it, the reviews it's getting is is just really really crazy, and it's very very high energy exercises. Like the the idea of gamers in the future being like slobs is not is not the case. Like they're going to be super fit athletes. Like there's loads of movement <laughs> going on. Your view of the future is so over the top utopian. Yeah. What was the way you talk like everyone's going to be artisans? They're not, we're not going to have jobs. They're going to be that is, super fit artisans. That, that's <laughs> going to happen. I'm telling you. People are going to be... Well, it, there's no other, there's see, no other people, alternative. No, it isn't. People just are, people are lazy. They do... We've evolved to, to uh, utilize as little energy as possible to get what we want. And if, so if people can lie on their couch and do nothing... Well, you... What I'm they saying will. is you haven't seen videos of people using these VR games and we're just getting started. Oh, sure. I mean, like full room VR, like, uh, you know, fights and stuff. I mean, people are sweating, man. And they're, and they're really enjoying it. So, you know, they're like, I mean, you're talking about like major laser fights, you know, in, in the middle of space and stuff like that. Um, you mean like, um, what was the, the movie you're referring to? What was the, uh, what was the, 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 what was it? Oh God, the robot. Maybe Mr. I don't know, Mr. Robot. No, 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 no. Everybody's floating around on these like giant space station. Everybody's like really Un- fat. Unreal tournament. Oh, I, I don't know which. I don't no, know the what movie. You mean. The movie. But but, okay. but anyway, in in the blog post that was on Hacker News, like the the argument that this English guy was making is like, he, he was saying, look, just before everyone comes down on VR because they're going to, they're going to say that VR promotes like violence and things like that. He's saying, I want to put this blog post out there that these are the really positive effects of VR. So I want to get ahead of this thing and say, I've, I've been using the HTC Vive and I've seen people using it and everyone is like getting fit <laughs> because you're doing like two hour, you're doing two hour game, game lengths and you have to do things like um, as, you, as you're like walking, walking acro- around the ship, there's a lot of crouching. You've got to like crouch down and like look round a desk or something like that and fire. And so because there's so much of that, that actually is using, you know, real, real color, strength. Color me skeptical on this one. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, oh, that's like, that's the first time that you've been skeptical of something I've said and been proven to be wrong as well, by well, the way, what, many like times. What? I like what? Say. Like what? I can't think of the top of my name head. Name one. I can't think of the top of my one. head, but just go back over the show. Okay. Go back over the show. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Well, a, a listener, I mean, I remember one time, I remember one time a listener wrote in the com comments, they loved an argument that we, that you and I had because it was like, Jason was right, and then Justin was right, and then Jason was right, and then Justin was right, and then finally Justin was right. I don't think so. <laughs> I'd like to, I, I think you're misremembering. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, I yeah, I'm sure VR will will become better and better, more interesting. But the fact that everybody's going to get super fit using VR, I don't see it. I mean, people start using stuff at first because it's a novelty, you know. Um, but uh, exercise is work and it's tiring. And people who people are generally out of shape, or they're out that's of shape the because they're, they're out of shape generally because they're lazy, and but that's they're the going to stay lazy. That they, they doesn't does it almost doesn't matter what. It's the the their their laziness is going to overcome the fun factor, no the fun attraction thing. That's that. So that's, you're gonna you're gonna like lose fifty pounds and I, I don't know about lose thing? fifty pounds, but what I will do is I I'll play a game if it's fun. You know what I mean? Like if the game is fun and it gets me out of my seat, I'll play it. I mean, I go walking in the park with my kid. I didn't do that until I had a kid, and then we started going walking in the park. I go swimming every day with Phil. Now I didn't do that until uh, Phil was there. You swam four days. <laughs> <laughs> four days. <laughs> Five days. No, you skipped yesterday. No, but we started the week before. So, so five days. So you did it one day. The what is this? Weeks? Argue with Justin Day? Ah, I'm just. <laughs> it's you know, five I days. Want to clear out we did. We we did Friday, and then we did Monday, Tuesday, okay, Wednesday, so you, so Thursday. Oh, so you've done Friday. Oh, so you started on Friday. I thought you started. Oh, that's right. You did one day last yeah. week, and then you decided to do this week. What the hell? Oh my god, oh, you're a tough is. crowd. So I so I want to hear about the swimming. So there's this new thing. You guys are doing a morning swim at the Rose Bowl Aquatic Center, which right. is nice. Yeah, very is nice. Is that the first time you've gone down there? No. You've, you've swum, you used to you swim there I, before. Well, I, I got it, but not really for the swimming. I was doing the weight room, but uh, but this is great. I mean, it's but it's also really nice to meet someone, to have some Because basically, you know, so of the five days that I've done it so far, mm -hmm. um, what I like about it is I think, okay, Phil's going to be there at nine, so I've got to be there. And he's thinking, okay, Justin's going to be there at nine, so I've got to be there. So we both like the other person's reason for being there. And that is proven in the fact that he said he was going to turn up on Friday. He said he was going to swim, but he didn't. So, because I wasn't there, right? That's why he didn't swim. Otherwise, right. he would have, yeah? Because he, he's supposedly the one who's like, you know, he's all fit, like everything's good, you know, he doesn't have any issues uh, and so he should be the one who turns he up have if, I don't, issues, really? if i don't turn up <laughs> he should be the one who turns up right but he didn't so well you guys went out drinking on we're good for each other. he said you yes guys, right. you had hungover you guys said, yeah right, yeah there you go <laughs> so, so so what's so what's your plan for the swimming um are you gonna do it every day yeah every day or every weekday i should say every weekday yeah just ongoing so we'll are, see, you, I mean, are you ramping up your your effort level every day, trying to get further and faster? Or? Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, you know, I had one thing one thing that was an issue was that, um, you know, I had this uh, frozen shoulder thing going on. Mm -hmm. But I'm getting. I think that this swimming is really helping that. Like, I'm I'm actually able to now lift it up properly. Okay. Um, I started I started the very first day that I did swimming. <laughs> I had these uh, like you know you put these web things on your hand. I did, yeah. I did that because I thought, I don't know, it would just be, I, for some reason I thought that would be easy, but actually it make, made it way harder. Um, you know those gloves that you can get, those Speedo gloves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Phil said he thought I was going to die. That's what he said. He was like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look, look so good. 
Like, <laughs> you go like, length and then you're just like. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Phil was like, um, I don't think I'm going to swim today. I'm just going to be the CPR guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to start somewhere. We right. haven't really done done much in the way of cardio so but um but in the meantime like by day four i mean i you know feel better yeah i I, then like so the day one i'm like i swim up i I do one length and i'm I'm out of breath and then i do the one length back and i'm like practically dying right that was day one right day two i like and and i did a total of like you know you you called it a lap like two lengths lengths is a lap right? right so i did i did like four laps day one day two i did six day three i did you know eight and day day four i did ten or whatever and but but by the time i did day four i did like two laps Mm -hmm. you know started off did two laps backwards and forward right oh you see the 20 lengths on thursday huh yeah exactly yeah so i'm already you know i'm already picking up like there's already a little bit of uh just basic i think basic what made you guys to start decide to start swimming where did that come from was a drunken conversation we had a few Thursdays before. Oh, okay. And then I and then I texted him. I said, "Okay, so you're gonna do this swimming thing." So then he's like, "All right, let's do it tomorrow." And that was like there was no other discussion about it. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's a good exercise. I mean, yeah, obviously you can you can definitely lose fat swimming, but you could de- right. and you could obviously you get in much better shape. Yeah. So that's that's good. Well, I hope you keep it up. Well, my concern. So of course I you know, have lunch with Phil quite often. And so right. we, you know, my, my big concern about it is I hope you guys don't follow the pattern, which is just don't get really excited about something and he'll go <laughs> crazy for three weeks and he'll quit. Yeah. So how, how are you going to avoid the pattern? Well, the pattern is usually just me and myself when someone else is involved, it's different, right? We don't know that. I think, I think so. I'm guessing it probably would be. I mean, if Phil drops off, I'll drop off. So it's on Phil. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I'm <laughs> not right. going to keep going if he doesn't. <laughs> why would but you? if he does keep going, then I will. Well, why would you do it by yourself? I don't know. It's just because there's 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 more of an intrinsic value to it to like go and have a chat with a friend every morning. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like doing something with a buddy versus just going and punishing yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it's more fun because like well you know we we go to the jacuzzi after the thing and then we ch- we chat a bit. We say, okay, well, you know, what are you going to do for tomorrow? Like other goals and different other shit that we've got yeah, going on. a little two-person two, two person mastermind group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Good. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Glad to hear it. So yeah. see how it goes. Did Phil tell you about my heartbeat? Yeah, so <laughs> Phil got... Apparently, I've got something. For, I've got a genetic, like, superiority uh, you're, you're, for free. Yeah, one thing for one, free. One thing for free, Which yeah. is that you had a heart rate of... Four, your resting heart rate was 49. 49, yeah. Which is crazy, because I, I was reading about... Because we were joking. He goes, he goes, tomorrow's the moment of truth. And he's like, what do you predict? Because he, he had a resting heart rate of 73, which is not yeah. that good. Right, yeah. And uh, I was like... Because I looked on the scale from, you know, excellent, good, average, below average poor you know and, oh so you so you and so guys i looked were, at poor which was 83 plus for yeah. 46 and says all right justin's 46 i'll say 85 I'll okay round up to 85 right. and so because he had a 73 and i said all right, I'll put so Justin you guys had a bet like well you, not a bet but, but i just he texted me and so i just because he bought he bought the machine in the car to like measure me yeah yeah right? and i know because i he he had a little bit of a um he i guess he'd been between caffeine and eating too much salt like he had gotten his his blood pressure up Right. Too high and kind of 
was measuring got like hit like a 170 over something and kind of freaked him out so he started he's kind of as you know i'm sure it was discussed if you he's been cut out caffeine he's bringing sugar down he's doing the cardio now he's brought his blood pressure already he's brought it way down mm -hmm. and of course heart rate is you know get the machine also measures that so um anyway we were just we were just joking and he was like so what do you predict for jv and, and what did he like, predict I don't know what he, I'd have to look at my text, but I just said 85 and I just, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I just said, I said, but I just, I looked at the chart and I said, well, Justin doesn't do shit. <laughs> right. So why would it be anything other than very poor? Right. Right. But, uh, then the Justin was like, I mean, uh, Phil was like, text me back. He's like 49. No, it's no joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's you like know? it's my one thing that i got for free that's crazy like that that's that's actually super athlete level you realize that well here's the thing they were saying that <laughs> 40 to 60 is well-trained endurance athletes right. not just any athlete endurance athletes right right that's different than okay you know so um but they're also saying if you have a low heart rate and you're not a well-trained athlete you might you know have like could be another issue like do you are you dizzy ever do you have lightheadedness or dizziness or anything i've always had a low heart rate like yeah. as, long, as long as i've ever been like there's been times when there, there was one time I, I remember in particular when i went in looking like this and uh, she took my heart rate and it's like 45 and she's like are you one of those ultra athletes? I was uh, like, do I look, do like, I look like an ultra athlete? <laughs> yeah, in like Wii Tennis. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, that's funny. Well, um, so that's good, right? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really good. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. I think it'll go down, but I think by the time, if I can keep the swimming up for like even a couple of months, I think it'll get back to like a 45 because it, it was what, 49? Well, right? you don't, I mean, that's anything in that range is yeah. i mean that's that's not your problem feels like how low can it go dude could it could it go to one <laughs> i i bet it won't change much my guess is it probably won't change a whole lot at that level i mean it's right you know um what will change more than anything will just be your uh your general fitness your ability not to like have a you know a cardiac arrest after you do two laps you know? <laughs> well to be honest even after you we just walked up the stairs here right mm -hmm. I wasn't out of breath. Yeah, that's funny because usually because, you are. Yeah, normally I'm totally out of breath, and that's you after do your five days. Puffing after three, three set, three flights. That's after just that's five good. days. That's so. good. Yeah, so that was that'll be a change. But then um, I, you know, of course it's good for if you just couple that with you know watching your diet, you'll probably lose weight. You know, so I've actually started on the I, on the new man plan. Oh, the new new man plan. The new new. Well, there's yes, the new new <laughs> new man plan. <laughs> The new, yeah, new, so new, new man I plan. breached max fat. Oh, you have? Max fat for me was a 37-inch right on the gut, you know, right at the belly button. Yeah, so, you, you know, you're, you're over 37 two, was you're my 210 now, right? You know, I, my, my scale is crap. It says I was 204, but I, don't, I think it's worse than that. I, don't, I, think that's my, I think my scale is just being nice. Phil said he was on the verge of calling you fat, fatty. He was on the verge of... He's, he's, we call each other fat ass every time. What do you? I'm like, get your fat ass going. Let's go. All yeah. right. So he, um, so <laughs> I hit. So I knew I was because I have been working out much for the last couple months. Just the combination of work and then my shoulder. I just messed my shoulder up lifting weights, and I just haven't been able to lift, and I just kind of lost motivation not being able to lift weights. And I was just like, ah, screw it. And uh, so then I was like, okay, I need to. <laughs> get on it and so I, I measured my waist and my my gut and it was 38 and a quarter mm. i was like all right that's that is that is it like that is 
So um, started back on the you know the same kind of diet I was doing before, and uh, you know, kind of paleo esque, Ferris like, you know, cheat days on Sunday, but the rest of the time keep the high, high um, protein, low carb, low sugar kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And um, and that cut with six days a week of doing cardio, so I can't lift yet. Um, I went to see like Are you a, back on the 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 cycle uh, elliptical. Yeah, well, so we've been doing um, elliptical. Sometimes we're doing bike. I so I had I had Phil. I told him I said, look, you know what I would do is I would try my minimum would be five hundred calories a day, which I could get on the elliptical and take about forty two minutes. I would do, you know, five minute cycles: level ten for a minute, level twelve for a minute, level fourteen for a minute, and then two minutes of level sixteen. And I would shoot for sixty calories in that five minute you know, block. And I could do that for, you know, sometimes I would go for an hour or more, you know, um, I mean, it's a little hard, but it wasn't that hard. And we were both doing it. I was just like, dude, <laughs> out like, of shape. after like two cycles, I was just like, oh. and by the fourth cycle, I got my heart rate up to 182. Oh, so I was like, boy, and he was puffing too. He was like, damn, this is hard. And I said, like, well, we're just both really out of shape. I said, give us, give us a few weeks, takes about three or four weeks. Kind of build up. Was he doing that every day with you and swimming in the morning with me? I think he's off, and I think some days he does both. I mean, he has, you know, different stuff he's doing and, he, right. you know, whatever. But, um, uh, like, he didn't, he wasn't there with me. He's uh, going to be super fit, man. Hopefully. That's a double whammy. Yeah, so hopefully he, I think, yeah, getting fit, but also he think he wants to drop some weight. So, for me, I, w- I was looking at my, um, my uh, spreadsheet that I kept. When I lost weight the, on the Operation Superhero, yeah, and I started at thirty-seven, and I basically was losing, especially for the first six weeks, between a half inch to a quarter inch per week of my waist. Mm. And the reason I do inches, because I, I pounds, like the scale is because of your water weight just fluctuates so much. It's just frustrating, right. you know, because you right. get a bad off measure, and you're like, did I, I did not lose weight? Did I gain? Whereas the the tape measure is really a stable metric. It doesn't fluctuate like that. You know, it doesn't really fluctuate four pounds, like equivalent of like, you don't like up and down a half Wait, inch. What time take. of day do you measure it? Just first thing in the morning. All right. You know, right. and I mean, I, I measure my weight anyway, but I just, I just know it's not as accurate. And whereas the, the tape measure just is. And um, so uh, anyway, so I started doing it. So I lost, I just measured this morning and I've lost a half inch off of the first week, which is good on track yeah so 37 and three quarters i ain't nothing to brag about but you know if i can keep if i can you know somewhat replicate what i did last time then you know a couple months i should be in pretty good sh- in, in a much better position but right now it's just like because i was down to like two pairs of jeans that would fit you know i'd always say i'd say i'm like do i have any clean jeans she's like i just washed them i'm like yeah but i only got two pairs that fit just like jeez <laughs> so it just get that point where you like see yourself in the mirror as you walk around and you're like oh this is not cool you know, so, but uh, the thing is, I, I, I kind of know what to do. I mean, it worked for me. You've done it before, I've right? done it, know what to do, um, and Sandy wants to do it with me this time, so um, mm-hmm. she's kind of, she does her own workouts, on her, you know, she'll do her own thing in the morning, but. Well, Phil thinks if we do swimming for like six months, there's no way that I, w- I won't have lost some kind of weight. Unless you or, eat more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You have to, you have to couple it with your... Um, you know, you can't out, you, you, you can't have to stick to a kind of pain. You can't out train a bad diet. Mm. Like, you know, your two extremes of 
eating 800 calories, starving yourself on 800 calories a day or eating like, uh, you know, your fruit shakes only kind of stuff like that stuff is not sustainable, but you can't eat, you can't be going out eating burgers and stuff and, and lose weight. So you kind of have to, if you, if you get your diet in, in, in check and right. you, and you and you go out and you do like your 30 minutes or 40 minutes of cardio every day, you can drop a pound, pound and a half a week. Well, at the very least, if I do it for a month, it'll be it'll give a good baseline for metabolism, for example, and then like diet cuts will start making a difference. Well, you should start. Yeah, uh, you know, what's one thing is one reason that I think because you know some people say, well, you know, it's like you know you get you get lean in the kitchen and you get fit in the gym, as that sort of saying. Yeah, but I don't think that's entirely true. I think it's harder to diet down by it without any exercise. Mm. It's hard to do one. Uh, and I think what happens is it reinforces the other. It's like after you go do a workout, you just don't want to eat a bunch more crap food, right? You're yeah, just you like, don't want to eat crap hard food. Work. Yeah. Like, you just have this hard true. work. You're like, man, I don't want to give this, give that away. I just, that was, that was a lot of, you know, it's a lot of effort, right? Yeah. Um, and so you, they kind of have, you kind of have this virtuous cycle of like each one reinforces it. And the same thing is it, as, as, well, as you go. actually, but virtuous cycle, that's a good point that you mentioned that. Um, I do notice that like, if the first thing I do is that swim in the morning, I'm better generally at everything for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's just like, because you've more woken up earlier, you know. It's a good way to wake up. What time? You guys do it at nine? Yeah, but like nine, so done by 10, right? So then I go back and do work and coding or whatever. Brain's active. Brain's working. That's good. And you're still doing the super slow lifting yeah. thing? Yeah, so it's good. So I think those two things, in com you know, in combination, plus some you know, diet changes. Just kind of makes them, you know. We'll see where it's going the next time we record a show. By the way, uh, so the shows are at the moment like ridiculously unregular. Um, but Joe Stack has a great idea for us, which is to start a Patreon thing. And with the idea being that if we actually get money per show, you might be inspired to... Uh, By incentivized incentivized to, to actually do these on a regular so I, i've put two different two different goal amounts on the patreon page which by the way i thought was effing hilarious the patreon page even though not very good looking um okay so uh right so one so one goal amount is a thousand to show mm. so if we get a thousand to show then i'm saying we'll do two shows a month definitely you know if we did like, a thousand show i'd do a show a week you do it. You do it for two grand. Okay. Well, right. yeah. Well, maybe. Well, but but yeah. but then it will never. But then we won't be able to hit two thousand a show. Two thousand, I'll definitely do every week. I'm I'm saying yeah. Two, that's what that, that's what Georgie said, right? So basically, I she'd said, be like, get your ass. That's right. In the recording like, then studio. Then it's real money. Then it's a re then it's a real deal if it's two thousand a show. So, you know, I, I mean, it's it's just what five hundred. It's just five hundred people at two bucks fifty a pop. Well, we'll see. How many do we have so far? We've got like two thousand potential listeners. So, how are we gonna? Are we gonna like get twenty five percent of our entire user base? Well, we'll have to see. So how, how, how much do we have committed so far? Oh, it, oh, we're doing amazingly. We're like twelve dollars. Oh, let me just check it out. Let me just check it out. So, I'm going to textinglive.com. I'm clicking the become a patron link on the on the right hand side, okay. and then it's taking me to patreon.com forward slash texting, and I'm seeing how much money. It's, just, it's loading because of your incredibly slow bandwidth. Oh my god, we've got four patrons. We make eleven bucks a podcast right now. That's money, cash, money, money in the bank. Well, <laughs> so, well how, so how does the, it trigger? 
how does it trigger? How does how does Patreon know when we've done a show? How does we, it, we say we just oh we just a self reports honor system? Well, yeah. I mean, so obviously you could we could scam the system and we could submit four shows a month. Do, 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 like, do like we did ten shows this week and then shut everything down and run off. I mean, to I think what you do is you just basically each time you do a show you promote it on Patreon, and then that's when it takes. Got it. Yeah, that's cool. So the 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 three different plans are the you people plan, the you people, <laughs> which is pictures of uh, me and Jason and our kids. That's two fifty two two dollars fifty a month. Then the English plan. English. Why is the English plan? Because it's it's a picture of me. Oh, okay. The picture English of plan. me with a tagline of How old is that? Bumbling his way to a billion. <laughs> How old is that picture? <laughs> um maybe two, three years, maybe. Three years. And then the very bottom one is maximum effort. <laughs> <laughs> ten bucks. Ten bucks a show. Uh, picture of Jason doing some weight effort. I like it. Off switch not included for Mr. Roberts there. So uh yeah, so if I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying this to the listeners right now. Like, if you actually want us to do this on a regular basis, you know, I don't mean to be mercenary, but like, just you know, contribute to the Patreon. Annie up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll that'll get that'll make it. Any up, and we will get this train out of the station. You'll be able yeah. to hear us talk about our failed weight loss efforts. And oh, all that so kind of speaking, stuff. I just want to say one more thing on, on the uh, whole uh, workout thing. So also I went, because of my shoulder, I went and saw the physical therapist. So I'm, I'm trying to get my shoulder fixed too. So oh, yeah. problem is the shoulder, the, the, you know, as I said, I was so demotivated because I couldn't lift weights at all. And uh, so I just realized I'm like, I got to get this taken care of. And I'd been sitting around, I had five months, I've been, that's probably hurt for five or six months. And so I was like, finally I said, all right, like it's not healing up on its own. So that's the other issue. I want to get. I'd like to get back in Operation Superhero, but I, are you still going to try and dunk? I, I would love to. It's just a matter of like the the problem is, which is one of our listeners wrote in a comment, and I I hate acknowledging the truth of it. But when you get in your 40, 40s, it's so easy to get injured. You like you you can go three or four sessions and work out hard and be okay. And it's that fifth session or something and you tweak something. You're just like, damn it. You know, whereas like in my twenties, I just didn't get injured like that lifting weights. You know, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's lack of elasticity or flexibility or what it is, but um, I'm just, it just seems like it's just, you know, and then when you get injured, then you're out for, a month, six months, whatever. So it's going to be hard to train up to the... It's so so you, you increased your jump by seven inches. Nine. Nine inches. That's pretty good. It was amazing. It was, I mean, it was amazing because I didn't, I would never predict it. I, I, when I would read that people say, oh, I increased four inches in my vertical. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, like that just, just didn't seem, it was like, it's like someone who like said, oh, I stood up straighter and I, I made myself taller. You're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, that's not, you know, possible. But um, I mean... I knew it was possible degree, but it's very limited to what you could do. But anyway, yeah. So I did nine inches, but I really I got injured a couple of times and a couple of restarts. But I but in the end of the day, that happened over a period of like two months, two and a half, three months top. So it's like I was like, geez, I'm just getting started. Like if I could really train, if I could train for a year straight without any significant injury, I could probably do it. Now, of course, I'm two and a half years older or whatever than I was and I did now, which makes it every year all. Every year that you age, it makes it much more difficult to do these things. So, I would love to. I would. I would love to, but it's not my shoulder now. It's just like my back. I guess I could try it again, but I'm just very. Ever since I injured my back doing those deadlifts, 
it's just never been the same. It's just always mm. prone to injury. But all right, all right. So the other thing to tell you, yeah, that I started learning, you'll be surprised about. Go on then. You'll be very surprised. Actually, I'll think of a guess. What would you guess that I started to learn? Um, well, the, the thing that I would imagine you learning least. So is it, you yeah, think, sure. Yeah. Well, least would be cooking. Like, for example, something Good to do guess, with... not cooking. Something to Good do with guess. the arts. Something to do with... Pick some, be more specific. Come on, you got to be specific. Um, I, I can't think of anything else. Tell me. So my youngest daughter, Aerily, got a keyboard... Music for Christmas, the hundred and fifty dollar low was a Casio one fifty or something. Yeah, yeah. And she'd been wanting to play the piano. My my, um, Sandy's mom has a has a piano, and so when we're over there, mm. Harry's always messing around on the piano, and Sandy taught her how to play like chopsticks or a couple of things. So Sandy took three or four years of piano when she was like in grade school, yeah, kind of like fourth, eighth grade or something like that. So she she knows how to play, sort of, you know, or she <laughs> did know how to play. She just you know really out of practice. Um, and so she got that, and I started thinking, like, one thing you'll see is, as Jack gets older is that you'll want to find ways to connect with them. And right now, there's so little. It's just, like, he can't do anything other than, like, what a two-year-old does, which is just, you know, whatever. But as they get older, you know, sometimes, unless you have a shared common interest or activity, it's hard to really, really connect with them, really spend time with them, you know? It's mm -hmm. like, well, what are we going to do? I mean, and what is a... 46 year old man have in common with an eight-year-old girl not a whole lot right i mean um so i was like you know maybe maybe i wanted to play keyboard with her you know because well first started out i was like um i was listening you know a lot of times when i'm when i'm working um, to keep myself focused, I'll, you know a certain type of music will just get me you know some like electronica type stuff i like a lot of this hans zimmer kind of stuff like the soundtrack for like um dawn of justice or you know uh, inception or interstellar you know and it's sort of like a it's sort of like a classical electronica combination which, which i think is great and there was a couple it was there was one song that at least the beginning of one of the dawn of justice um tracks it was very simple right little melody and i was like and i just i happened to have it on my ipad i go or my phone and i said eric can you play this you know trying to so she's messing around for a second trying to replicate it of course she really couldn't and i was like that'd be neat to learn how to be able to do that just to do that right and then so i started thinking about it and then i was then i started last i started listening to some of the other songs going like, i wonder how hard are we to play some of these songs and a lot of the songs they start out kind of simple but then they they at some point get really complex but i was like it'd be fun to play the first what they call it, like a movement or whatever right and no, I started thinking a little more, and then I I went and I while well, searching around there, oh, while well, listening to some of these, because I listen to them on YouTube, and there be there was an ad for this app called Musician, which you know I, it has like four instruments. It's like guitar, piano, ukulele, and I don't know something else. And you know it takes you through steps. You go through a level, and then you unlock a level, and then you go to the next thing, and you unlock that, and they have like a practice mode, and then play. Then you have to play to like all right. Like it tracks how many notes you get right. Like, dude, you got it. Yay, now under level three, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So it starts out with like playing just a C note. <laughs> dink, <laughs> dink, dink. <laughs> and then it's like the C and the D or whatever. So I've been doing it for like, I mean, you know, whatever, four, 
four day, five days. But uh, today I've been working on a five, one hand, still one hand, five notes. So your C through your G, and it's kind of like Guitar Hero. Have you seen that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Where it has like the scrolling notes. Although yeah. it starts out with just like not notes, but it would just like it would say the letter and like a color C and D, and, and you know, and you'd have to like hit the note at the right time. And so it was really like just I think E, and like my brain has to know that that's my seconds. Yeah. Through my you know my middle finger or index finger. Right, it's my middle finger, and. You know, and that, it, like, those cognitive pathways are not set. Like, I can think C, but the D is what comes out in my hand. I'm like, what the hell, you know? <laughs> and so um, I started, uh, and so I've been kind of progressing through. So Ari, what we'll do is I'll take turns, and I'm like, all right, like, I'll do it. And she'll be kind of, like, standing next to me and kind of hopping up and down. She's like, is she, is she better? Is no. she? Oh, yeah. she's, like, your yeah. kind of similar level or... Uh, well, right now I'm just a little bit ahead of her. I think I practiced just because a little bit more a, than her because she's eight, right? Yeah. Well, you know, because it was an interesting question, which was, or it's going to be an interesting experiment, you know, because you hear like, well, when you're young, you can pick things up so much more quickly, things like a language or an instrument or or whatever, right? Your brain is so much more plastic, you know, or has so much more plasticity, um, you know. You just that's why when you like you come over to a new country at a young age, you pick up the language, and then by the time you're an adult, you have no accent, or even in high school. Whereas the parents come over and they're always speak with a very heavy accent. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you can always tell by how old someone was when they came to the country by how yeah. strong your accent is. And so I was like, God, I'm probably going to work like three or four times as her, just because you know she has the benefit of being eight and. You know, I'm mm. clearly not. So, but then I started thinking about it. I started doing it and I'm like, I, you know, I know how to learn. I know, I know the connection between practice, focus, practice and output, you know, and, and like what I'll do is I'll come, I'll, anytime I take a break, I'll go and I'll sit down and I'll, and I'll do it once or twice. I'll do it for like three or four minutes and then I move on. So I'm like, rather than just sitting on a block of like an hour, it's like, you know, sit down for 10 minutes, sit down for three minutes, sit down for five minutes. So you're doing extracurricular learning so outside I do little, of your playtime. Well, actually, what, do, what do you mean? Oh, oh out of pra- oh, like the formal yeah. practice. Well, you know, and that's the way it is. I mean, I'll, uh, so we'll see. I mean, I may be putting a little more time in. Than but the her. other thing is like you're used to learning something like that because you code. So you've learned how to use a keyboard. You know, that's that's a thing that you've done before. You know what I mean? To, to use your hands, oh, to, man, to know I, where things are on the keyboard. Yeah, but I mean, you know, piano keyboard is so much different than... Different, yeah. yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. I, I am like, with music, how you say you are with math. Right. I don't know shit. I mean, I, didn't, I never took piano when I was a kid. I never learned anything about music. I... I could, I, you know, the written music. I don't know what it means. I don't know the difference between a chord or an octave or a note. Like all this stuff, I don't know. What it, I don't know what it means. Mm. So it's I'm a complete zero. You know, some people say, "Oh, I don't know much music," but oh yeah, they took piano for three years. And they're like, no, I mean, I nothing, nothing. <laughs> you know, so that's good. And so, so it's kind of fascinating to just experiment to see if I can, yeah, see if I can learn it. Um, and it's funny because Sandy's actually interested because she's kind of getting back into. Playing. she was she was kind of excited to get this present for Eric because she's like maybe I'll start mm-hmm. and she was like playing uh, I think it was some a uh, uh, you know Bach something from Bach that she <laughs> had played when she was a like, younger and she was sort of kind of working through it and nice. you know so she's anyway uh, but it's fun that Eric the, the whole the whole the major motivation for it was that Eric and I could have something to do together 
Yeah, that's great. Which is fun because now we take turns and I'm like, all right, you're up. I just did it with, I only had three note and I only missed three notes. And so mm-hmm. she's up. She's like, I missed five. I'm like, all right, we'll do it again. You know? And so we're mm-hmm. kind of like, it just. That's awesome. Pretty yeah. Good. So it'll, so it's going to be an interesting experiment in, in like, you know, can you learn how to play an instrument without a music teacher? Because I was, I was reading online and like some people were just like, you know, there's some people who really like musicians. So if you're like, ah, it's just, and I wasted three months on it. It was a total, you know, I wasted a year on it. And now I've had a music teacher and it's night and day and don't waste your time. Just get a music teacher. And I've had, it seemed like other people really liked it. So, I mean, it probably depends on your personality and mm-hmm. everything, but um, going and taking, getting a music teacher and all stuff, just, I, I just don't know where our schedules are already so busy. Well, just, but it's, it's music is, um, I think the, so there's such a difference between technically knowing how to do music and then having expression. Like, you know, actually sounding like you know how to Oh, that's a, diff- to, that's a whole different play. level, right? It's a whole different, right. So I, I'm pretty sure that when those people are saying, ah, yeah, musician's no good, go to a teacher, it's night and day. It is night and day because the teacher actually is going to teach you expression. They're going to teach you, you know, dynamics, which, is, which you're not going to learn from an app. You're just going to learn functionally how to do it well why wouldn't you what what exactly what what question i mean like just just for sake of argument why couldn't and what can a human do that the app that the app can't if the app can detect how the notes you're hitting and what you're hitting wrong i mean i'm just curious like i'm not obviously it's easier for a human being but couldn't an app come close to doing that ultimately i would say an app totally could and just in the same way that an app can teach you french because obviously apps will become more sophisticated over time. Like if you, you know, if you listen to like the first things to teach you how to speak French that were computer-based, they would probably be sounding quite, you know, right? And now they're more like, you know what I mean? So it's the same kind of thing with music. The second is better, as you're saying. Just to clarify, the second accent was supposed to be an improved French accent. It was supposed to be less robotic. Okay. Um, so, well, the, one, the other thing I have is I do have Sandy. And while she's not an expert piano player, she did take it for enough years. She knows how the fingering works. She knows how to play. So, like, she was looking at my finger. She's like, what are you doing? Because, like, she's like, I was playing like, I was playing like a T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your fingers all kind of, like, knuckled up, you know? Because like I, I was, like, pressing kind of straight down. And she's like, just relax your hand so she could kind of... So, just so you know, like, I did, you know, 15 years of music pretty hardcore and... I don't know any core, like, I mean, I don't know what they're called or anything like that. Really? So you, do, you know, do you know how to read music? No. Really? Yeah. Why? Like, so, so, why just, so here, if you were going to go to all the trouble, why not just do that as part of the it's, learning? It's exactly the same as like, you know, do you need to do a CS degree to become a programmer? It's exactly the same as that. Like if you do a CS degree and do all that, that that's, an, that's a way into it and you can know all the technical theory behind it and then you can do it and it's, it may give you an added advantage. Um, but by, by the same token, if you don't do a CS degree, you might be more pragmatic. You might grow in the way that I've grown as a developer. You know what I mean? So that I was pretty much the same type of musician. Did your bandmates know how to read music or were they kind of the same thing? So you guys were all uh, just... The only one was the drummer who, who, was the, who was by far the best musician. But he just did drums. But, but did, well, just did drums. I mean, he was, he was an amazing <laughs> Right. Oh, really, really good. Yeah, he, he, could, was he, he did. He, was he? Did he make fun of you guys for not being able to read music? No, he no. Like, he was. He's. He's kind of funny in his own right because he was a lot like 
you know, the Muppet animal, you know, like yeah, he, was, yeah. he was like, like, like yeah. a classic drummer, you know, yeah. but at the same time, he was very well trained and very good at it. So, but you were curious about it. You weren't like, I wonder, like, I mean, just as part of my, just making myself It's better. just the same, like the same, the, the same reason that I learned to program was just because I wanted to get shit done. Like I had this idea in my mind, okay, I want to start making stuff on the internet. I, I didn't really care anything about the theory. I just wanted to get shit done. I learned to do it as quickly as possible. Well, same thing with music. Mm. I want to make a song. I'm, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to press this and this and this until it sounds like I want. And that's going to be the song. And I just did that right. for 15 years. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of, I, the theory behind it interests me. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's very mathematical. Very yeah. mathematical. I, people keep saying that. I, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what that means. I mean, I understand that there's sine waves and there's patterns. And so patterns are mathematical. But I, I wonder, like, is it mathematical at any sufficient level that it makes that it's not just sort of, I don't know, a, a sort of a specious comparison? Because people say that all the time. Oh, you like it because it's mathematical. I mean, I've heard that every, but I'm just like, is that really, is that math, does it even make a difference? Sort of, I don't know. Like, it's like, oh, you'll like surfing because the waves are like, they come in patterns. So it's mathematical. It's like, well, what? I don't, I don't get it. Like, why? Did, okay. That's such a stretch. You know, but I'm just wondering, you know, like... I don't know. I don't know, because I don't, I don't come from your, your perspective. And I know a lot so of people know. who are... Um, I don't know what... I, I'm just... All I know is math, and you like it, and I've heard people say music's mathematical. Yeah, you've heard the same thing. That's why I'm saying to you, right? Yeah, I mean, and things are done. They're patterns, and things are yeah. like... And octaves and octaves, and like follow some sort of pattern, which is... And all patterns are fundamentally mathematical. So anyway, just... Well, so, the, the chords are also mathematical, because you've got your... Like it's a one and a three and a five type thing. Like they always, they always kind of divide into each other in that way. Right. And if you if you do weird ones, they, sometimes they can work out, but other times they sound really discordant. You know, that's the word for it. Right. Right. Like something that's really discordant. Like it doesn't work very well if you do three notes next to each other. It sounds really, really, really bad. You know, yeah, they, it does. they need to be. They need to have That's space right. between them, and they need to be kind of mathematically stack up. If Interesting. You know what I mean. yeah. yeah. So, I mean, maybe we'll maybe I'll agree. Like, yeah, it's very, very deep math. It's it's deeply mathematical in an interesting way. I, I, maybe I will think that. I just I, I'm just sort of I'm curious mm. to find out. You know, because people always say things, they repeat things, or they say things, or there's just common conventional wisdom, and then you realize, like, I don't really get why it it, it was that really. The thing that amazes me about people who read music is that. Like, how is it that the notes on the page create so much expression? Like, because if you, you know, if you listen to like an amazing classical pianist play a piece mm -hmm. that they're reading, it's amazing how that translates. But I mean, I suppose by the same token... I look at computer code and you go, how does this computer code translate into this Well, I was actually, what I was thinking was, I was thinking, I bet it doesn't. Because if you look at Shakespeare, like, it's, it's words on a page, and then you hear an actor... It's like there's a lot of interpretation and expression that the actor gives to those words on the page. It's probably the same with music now that I think about Ooh. it. It's like the, 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 the musician is like... I'll bet you there's much more fidelity between the sheet music and the, 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 the performance than, than a human's behavior. I'll bet. I mean, of course, I'm not a musician, but I, I, someone's a, maybe someone's listening. I'm sure we have a number say, of people yeah. who are classically must, yeah, trained piano. Yeah. I mean, just by the nature of our audience, I'm sure we have at least... And, and you know, a couple dozen of these people who can say you can tell us exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah, at a certain level, like I'll, I'll bet you. Like, here's the thing: to someone who's not a highly trained musician, 
it probably all sounds the same. Someone's rendition of some, you know, symphony, they'd be like, oh, I, yeah. I mean, they would be able to tell. It's, it all sounds really, it all sounds really good, but it, I, you know, it sounds the same. You know, it sounds the same in a very good way. Whereas it would take like somebody who's highly trained to be like, oh, you see what she's doing is she's doing this thing. And, you know, this, this very, it's very, very subtle. Whereas an actor, I think, it wouldn't, doesn't take, you- it doesn't, it wouldn't take a professional to see like this, like Mel Gibson's, portrayal of you know, I bet you know, is you different they're than... gonna say I bet you they're gonna say it's some somewhere in the middle that the the sheet music gives you a, a guy a guide towards um like the different expressivity and the different dynamics but ultimately it's down to the performer and the person directing the performance to make a decision exactly how you know the timing okay. the, the, the the space the, but I, the I, I think there's a, I think I, anyway I, I think there's it's I think I just think it's much more fidelity. Just because, I think you're, but, I mean that must be true. But yeah. Sandy, you know, cause I, so I was asking Sandy about the the, the you know some of the about the staff, the treble and the bass, you know, clefs and the notes, and I, I kept saying like, wait a minute, they said the C was here. Now why is it down here? And she's like, oh, because it's a different. I'm like, ah, different you know, octave, right? It was yeah. all this. It was just like inconsistency. It was just because there's just a lot of nuances and complexity. Right. And she's like, well, look, I mean, the staff, there's only what like five lines. Or something, and you know, even if you have two, a bass and a treble clef, well, how many keys are on the piano? A lot more, right? So you clearly have to have other ways of displaying them and doing these things. And so um, she was kind of pointing out some of this stuff. I mean, it was at a very superficial level because I my brain can only take in so much. But I was just like, God, this is complicated. Kind of like compression. They had to they had to compress compress it like five lines, but put a lot more bits of information in there. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So it's interesting. I'm kind of, um, you know, and it's interesting in the same way that like Phil was trying to teach himself French because Phil, Phil had in his head that he was bad at languages. Mm. He he was like he just couldn't. He always felt like he was bad at languages that he could actually never learn a foreign language that he did. That was just this ridiculous thought he had. In his head. And and I guess I kind of felt that way with music in this. I mean, in probably the same way that you felt about math. Like I'm just no good at it. I can't do it. Like you had a, you had you you had a. Either you never did it, or the little bit that you did do, you didn't do well, and so you've just concluded that therefore I can't, I'm not good and I can't do it. And so now it's like, all right, I'm going to try and do this thing that mm. I, I kind of feel like almost seems impossible to me. So it should be kind of fun. So that's in addition to be able to spend time with my daughter. It's sort of an interesting, nice. interesting challenge to see how good I could get in say the next three to six months. So so I at the the next, I think I'm one or two levels away from two handed. I'm like, that's kind of scary. Like, I finally just went, like, I'm literally... But progr- wait, so the keyboard is on the iPad? No, no, it's a... I'll show it out there. It's a... It's... So you but, know how, but how do they How do they know whether you got it right or not? Oh, it just... It just... Listen, it just... It just has, like, a microphone, right? And it just detects... Oh, so it's listening to your notes. I so see. I have the... I put the iPad right up where you would put your, your sheet got music. Got it, right, okay. And it's kind of like, you know, it's like... You reach a level, click here, and I go and it starts song, and you can reset it, start it, increase well, there, the tempo. Well, there's a reason why it can't teach you dynamics. Because why? Well, because it's it it can't actually get your in, input. Like it's no, just, it does. It no, it gets, it, no, it listens to what I'm doing. And so it, it, it can it tell, can tell when I hit, hit the wrong key or if I'm late or if I'm early or I didn't hold it long enough. But can it tell if you hit it quietly or loudly? Yeah, I think so. Uh, cool. But you can also do like a MIDI input, which I think is even more precise or something. Okay. Yeah. But um, cool. So we she has a 61 key keyboard. Mm. I mean, like I said, this is a $150 thing. It's not professional grade. Yeah. But I told Sandy, I'm like, if I keep doing this over the next 
three or six. And like, I really, I would probably want to get like a full size 88 key one. Cause they're like, I was looking online, like eight, like 400, 300 or $400. You could actually have like a real keyboard, you know, please God, please God. Let there be a day when I come to a barbecue at Jason's house and he says, okay, everyone, I'm going to play some Bach. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I don't think I, don't, I can imagine don't. Jason sitting down or Mozart. Yeah, I wouldn't put that in your. I wouldn't put that in your day planner. I think. I think that you'll dunk before that day happens. I would like to. Obviously, I want to get. I don't think it'll be too long before I could play like a simple song. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. I think I can do a little twinkle, twinkle, little star. We we are fifty minutes into the show. We've discussed weight and piano playing. That's fine. Um. Anyway, okay. So enough <laughs> yeah. about that. But I was really excited. I got really excited. That about is it. good. I'm, I'm like, for you. I'm like, this is neat. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk nugget. All right. What's the latest? Um a catalyst event happened. A, cat- a catalyzing event. A catalyzing event. A, a cataclysmic event. Well, that's different. Cataclysmic is really bad. That's something uh, like apocalyptic. Yeah, I think it was that. It was a pun. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Okay, oh cat- catalytic. Um so okay a customer a a nugget customer who had picked an idea and loved the idea who i'd done a logo for who i'd worked with and helped them do css and html for their site who had then found a co-founder from nugget and then had started building their thing cancelled they just okay just cancelled i'm like Holy shit. If like someone who, who you give that much to is going to cancel. Well, why would like, he? I mean, why like, are they going to pay for something if they already have the idea? And all, you, if all they do is like, give me an idea. I got my idea. Why would I? Well, but that's. Why would you pay the movie theater for all these other movies? You'll pay the rest of the day. If you saw your one movie, you go home. But that's, that was the whole point. I mean, I, mean yeah. I, I think that I've tried to make it clear that Nugget was about more than just the idea. It but was you about, have to deliver more. Well, what? More than. <laughs> More than designing their logo for them, like doing CSS and HTML for them, helping them market their product, what helping you, them find a co-founder. What, you have to do more than that. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> well, no. But then after that, they're probably like, well, we're not going to get anything more from Justin. I mean, but but wait a second. Like, I have, I've built successful SaaS apps. I've, I've built a successful SaaS app. I can help him with marketing des- decisions and continually help him with marketing, you know, help them in that way. Anyway, the point is, is that core premise was just a fa- like it was like it's like dating the core premise is like as soon as someone has success they're going to leave you and that doesn't feel good to me i think like a dating app like as soon as somebody I, has it if somebody gets a full-time relationship they're off uh okay cupid so right? that pissed me off because to for my way of thinking for my personal product found a fit like i don't want people coming in and raping the system and then leaving <laughs> Well, right. I, I just think you're thinking about it. Now, they're they're like they're waiting for an idea. They get an idea and they're gone. Right. So, so I, I've pivoted. There has been a pivot away yeah. from ideas. Um, the ideas still are there, but they're just a bonus. Okay. Um, now it's pivoted to be um, much more about everything else and just the ideas of the bonus. Okay. But um, so because the the other the other thing that happened was that I was working I was working on the 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 kind of the learning platform side of things and i wasn't really feeling good about that i i wasn't feeling like i'm going to be able to build this great course material which is going to be able to be exactly right you know what i mean i was sort of feeling like i don't know like some of the material that i need to write here 
I don't exactly know it. I kind of need to do it first in a way, you know, like I don't, I don't have like experience in all these different no, facets. No, that's one thing I was pointing out. Like you have a very specific set of things that you've done and that you've done well, but there's other things that you just don't know. And there's a lot of different kinds of startups. So, so if someone's being a, yeah, if someone's building like a, a mobile interactive augmented reality game it's like that's i mean you don't have a lot of experience like marketing a mobile game all right I mean, so not... so let me tell you what I'll, I'll go through the new nugget homepage now so the old one was get a new SaaS idea in your inbox every day that was the main title got it okay the new one is learn how to go from successful developer to successful founder that's okay. the main headline and then the sub headline is nugget is the number number one resource for launching a successful SaaS side project so yeah. basically i'm i'm deeply targeting and focusing people who have full-time jobs who are software developers mm -hmm. and want to launch a SaaS project. Okay, good. You know, because I had a full-time job, I was a software developer, and I launched a successful yeah. So basically, yeah. it's exactly what I've done. Um, and so basically, the new offering is, um, number one, a show-and-tell video log of a professional building a live SaaS business starting from choosing the idea through to getting to 5k MRR monthly recurring revenue or more. In other okay. words, I am I'm going to build a I'm going to build a SaaS okay. project like a Plugio and I'm going to okay. pick that product, I'm going to go through all of the different things, the different ideas and nugget and choose one or find an idea from a different source as well. And um, then I'm going to build the whole thing out and do a video log about that. Got it. So people can follow along. The next thing we do is bi-weekly webinars because now I'm working with this guy called Brandon who um, it was originally a customer but is now basically kind of in the, in the project with me. So um, he's, got, he's running uh, webinars, bi-weekly webinars that uh, deal with the marketing angle of things. So that's fine. So he's day. working with you on Nugget? Yeah. Okay. So, so, that's, um, so the webinars that he runs are the validating, the kind of customer interview stuff, marketing, drip campaigns, conversion tactics, things like that. Okay. But we're, so then, those are two things. Then live mentoring is the third thing. So basically we're available on Slack at any time for you to ask questions. So as I've, as I've written on the website, live mentoring via Slack from a season, from seasoned SaaS professionals, need help choosing an idea, want a mock-up reviewed, et cetera, just ask. So we're kind of available in that way. And then, obviously, the discourse and Slack community uh, for like, you know, with like-minded entrepreneurs. And then, bonus, <laughs> a viable SaaS startup idea in your inbox every day, along with over 270 already in the can. Right. So, that is the new nugget with a price point shift from 50 to 20. So, the new price point is 19.99. Doing cheaper. Yes. Why? Um, well, there's a lot of different reasons. Um, I mean, it sounds to me that you're adding more value than less. So why make it cheaper? Right. So ultimately, I because because I think the 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 number one reason is because I feel it feels right. It feels right. Uh, basically, a lot of people. Um, okay, so when people joined up, they watched the ideas come in. There was three different scenarios about about what happened at that point. Uh, first scenario is they find an idea they really like and they cancel. Okay. Second scenario is they see two to three ideas they really like over the course of a few months, but they just don't have the confidence to move forward and they don't know that I want to help them. And so they're just like, okay, I've got three good ideas. I'm not doing anything. Cancel. Right. right? 
And then the third, the third scenario is, okay, they understand that what Nugget's about, that I really want to work with them to help them and keep, you know, training them. Um, but 49 a month is just, it's a lot for an ongoing thing like that. It's quite a sting, right? So it, we, you know, obviously we, the churn rate was um, 15 to 20% a month, which is like a huge, huge churn rate. So it's, it's completely un, unsustainable. And let's just put it this way. The churn rate was like this. We got to 100 members. Mm -hmm. We'd bring in 15 new members. 15 would cancel. Yeah, you're just so we're stuck at a hundred, right? That's the, we're going. You know that business is going nowhere, right. right? So, but but here's here's the cancellation emails. There was two types of cancellation emails. One of them was, "I love your service, but I don't have time to work on a project right now." Yep. So that that's the the number two version of them canceling, and another another one is, "I love your service, but the price is too high." You know, and if anytime someone mentioned a price and they said, "I would stick around if it was." They would always say 20 to 30. So that's where it comes from. So what I want to do is I want to I want to I want to be in the opposite position. But the position before was 50 bucks, people feel like they're not getting a lot of value. Now I want to make it 20 bucks and people feel like they're getting way, way more value and they really want to stick around and they really want to be part of it and build this community. Because I want to go for scale. I really want to try and get a thousand. How, build it? how are you, how is it a community? Is well, there other forums? Yeah, of course. Okay, I didn't There's know there forums and Slack, yeah. Okay. Forums and Slack. And so I really I really want to try and build it to 1,000 or 2,000 community members. And, um, you know, my plan to do that is very specifically to focus on the 20 million software developers there are out there who have jobs. So I'm just going to focus on marketing specifically to software developers who have jobs who want to build a side project. Yeah. That's my focus. Oh, I think that's good. So, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's less about giving them like the specific, I mean, well, what, how are you going to do that? I mean, what is it that you're giving them? Well, the first thing I'm giving them is because the main, the main reason why people don't, don't move forward is because of lack of confidence in themselves. So basically existence proof, they, they don't, you know, they just, it's something new that they, they haven't done. They don't know how to do it. And there's a lot of advice, but with very little detail. So that's the whole point of the show and tell. I'm, I'm just, every single piece I'm going to put there. Say, look, I did a Facebook ad. These are the settings that I did, you know? Or I, I got an interview on a podcast. This is the email I sent out to try and get that interview. I mean, I'm just going to be very, very, very transparent, radically transparent. Yeah, so, you know, it reminds me of, um, there was these guys, a lot of them, who were successful traders, and they would have they would create what's called a trading room and you would trade alongside them they say mm. okay so we're gonna buy now we're gonna sell this is why we're selling this is, this is what we're looking at these are the there's a supply demand pressure here's the blah, blah blah and so now we're gonna buy so because sometimes people would get in there and be like i don't know how to trade i don't know when to buy i don't know the free you know every time i'm always doing the wrong thing but when you're sort of and they, of course, they were much more expensive. You might pay like five hundred dollars a month or a thousand dollars a month, and you were you would be in there with sort of like a like a chat room, you know. Um, but you know, the and I think sometimes it would actually have audio, but sometimes it would just be like you know just a chat. But um, but yeah, you would be watching the market, and, you, and they would kind of lead you say, "All right, we're I'm buying now," and so you could tag along and do the exact same thing or not. But you could kind of follow along your thinking process. Mm -hmm. In a sense, it gave you training wheels. 
until you have the confidence, like, oh, yeah, I know he's going to want to buy here. He's going to sell here. Like, you know. So, yeah. I, you know, the, the, trade, the trading room model, well, the trading mentoring model had worked very well. And, uh, you know, a lot of these, these guys, I know guys or people, these companies, they make a lot of money. They're very successful. Right. And the other piece is, you know, going back to, like, writing the course, I think it would be, it's much easier for me to do it and record it. And then I can retrospectively look at it and go, okay, right, this is what the course is going to be. Because look, there I've got it, you know, I've got it all in retrospect. But I am doing an, a little thing before I start the show and tell, like in, in the drip series of videos, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doing what I call the Nugget Startup Framework, which is the best, the best advice that I've got, the, the best blogs that I've done, all, all the different best thinking that I've got about this stuff now. I'm going to do like 10 videos and say, look, this is the Nugget Startup Framework. The reason why I'm giving you these videos and these, this opinion is because all my decisions are based on this, you know? So it's not, it's not like a step-by-step -step thing. It's just more like a, a series of mental models, you know? Like, you know, don't start big, start a little snowball, things like that. Yeah. You know, so I'll do like 10 videos that give these mental models and give my rationale for all the decisions that I'll be making moving forward. Okay, so what's the new project? Um, I don't know. Oh you, oh, you haven't started anything yet? No, I have. I'm doing the videos, but now, I, right now I'm in the middle. I'm, of, of finding an idea, val well, validating? No, I'm, because the first thing I'm going to do is I'm doing this, like the startup framework type thing. So I'll do, I, I'm doing a, a video log, right? I'm right, doing but I one, thought you, I think you were, we're, we're following along you as you do a startup, but what's we, the idea? We are. I'm doing one, one or two videos a week. But right now, I'm still in the first 10 videos explaining my thinking behind how I'm oh, going to start. Oh, right? oh, okay. So, so I'm it. basically, I'm, I'm doing like 10 videos that just explain my, my mental models. Then I'm going to start picking an idea and go, I'll go through all the ideas and say, right, this is why I'm not working on this one. This is why I'm interested in this one. And just all the real thinking behind it. So I'm not just going to randomly pick an idea like that. The entire process is going to happen on air. You know, yeah. exactly why I pick one. Versus well, you know, one. I haven't seen any of your videos, but Phil said he saw one. He said it was really good. He said mm. he did a great job. So, oh, thanks, Phil. Well, you know, he's, <coughs> he's, he's a tough customer. He's not easily impressed. And he said it was really good. So, well, yeah, I think, I mean, in a way, in a way it's going to be, well, look, Jesus, how long have we been doing the podcast? Like what? Like, well, since 2009, right? So you know, July of 2009. So it's, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, it'll be, wow, it'll be eight years in what? July or June, right? We said it was end of June. I think it was end of June Wait, or July. Wait, I, I didn't come to America till September 2009. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's when I came to America, yeah. And we didn't do Start Doing Podcast straight away. Well, it must have been 2010 then. Yeah. But, um, so seven years. But, but anyway, at least I've got an advantage of like, you know, talking. Wait a minute. <laughs> so I started working with Uber in December of 2010. So you're telling me I started doing something with Uber like six months after we started doing the podcast? I mean, yeah, it was really real quick. Yeah. Really? I think so. Mm. I don't think so, man. I think, I think you came over here for that. I got, I, think... I got married in England in 2008. September, like, I, I know that my date. Do you know how I know? Because it was 9-11. I literally came on 9-11. That was my date. September 11th. Of 2000. 2009. Because I got married in 2008. So you stayed over there. I stayed back for six months while Georgie came to America. So you came here and said, when, November, when did you say November? Septem September 11th. Of 2009. 2009. Is when you got here. Yeah. 
I got that flight. I got I picked okay. that day because the flights were cheap. <laughs> okay. Huh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so what I was saying is, so that's one thing. Second of all, because of being like on stage, like mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to look like an idiot, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> so that, that, because of that, you know, you can have a little bit of humor in your videos. Right. Um, you don't have to be too serious. Right. And then, you know, because we've done so much speaking, I'm used to speaking. Keep talking. I'm just look. I, w I just want to look up. And you find don't out believe when. it, huh? I, it's not that. It's just I'm confused because here it says by just this is episode one published May thirty first two thousand nine. That's when it was published, May thirty first two thousand nine. Unless I came to America, two thousand. You had me at Erlang. That was like our third or fourth show, right? Wait a second. Unless I came to America in two thousand eight, but and first of all, it's not America. Swore. It's America. Wait a second. <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah. Hey. Take five. June 17th, 2009, episode five. What the hell? Yeah. I'm we, sorry. But who's we, the one who's always but right? Wait, but wait a second. We... <laughs> you are right. I have an email here from my buddy, Ollie, who says this is on the, this is on September 11th, 2008. And he says, good luck with the flight. You're going to love America. Yeah, so I, I came in 2008. Okay, fair enough. When did you guys get married? I guess we got married in May 2008. So that's yeah, when it was. you came four months later. Yeah, okay, okay. Was it a year and... Was yeah. Like, okay. That's what it was, yeah, okay. Yeah, I was wondering, because it seemed like we'd been doing the show for a while before I... I so started we doing... seriously have been doing the show eight years? Well, it'll be eight years in May. Wow. Or at the end of May, yeah. It's a long ass time. Jesus. Yeah, we gotta Holy guacamole. <laughs> it's amazing. That's why years... that's why I almost I almost think like we should say, look, if we you know, we need to get this cash coming through the door. Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, uh, well. Um So anything more about Nugget? Uh that's pretty much it for now. Yeah, I mean just well, I mean if you if you are you know vaguely interested in seeing me do that, um, you know, sign up, check it out, nugget dot one and uh, yeah dot one dot o o n e right. Um, it's it's nineteen bucks a month, nineteen ninety nine. So uh, nineteen ninety nine. Maybe we'll get some uh, texting folks uh, to be part of that journey. Cool man. That's it. Well. Yeah. Um. So. TV show about have you did you watch did we talk about have you been watching Mr. Robot? I haven't. I've watched Westworld, which I really like. I'm telling you, Mr. Robot is good. You liked um Breaking Bad, right? I do like Breaking Bad, but I you I gotta be in a good mood for it. Yeah, I mean it's it's dark like Breaking Bad. Okay. But it's super high quality. What's really interesting about it is well, I mean it's just good for starters. And it's 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 complex, but the um the hacking is very realistic. Mm. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not a hacking expert, obviously, and I'm a developer, but it doesn't send off any flags in my mind. But it's like, not like that—that that one with Hugh Jackman, where Hugh, where the guy's got a gun to his head. It's like, okay, you've got to hack this 128-bit 
crypto cryptographic key and you know otherwise i'm gonna shoot your brains out and he's like okay he's like i'm in i don't know what movie is that um swordfish or grill grill yeah like like john travolta hugh jackman yeah it's like hugh jackman's the hacker yeah so well no i mean although i was reading an article about it they have one of these guys who's who's a sort of a hacker for the fbi you know and Mm -hmm. he's their technical consultant and uh he said the only thing that they do do sometimes is um you know, the compressed time, suspend time because it would just take too long, you know, for the show. Mm-hmm. Things happen. I mean, not that level of time suspense, but, and they get, they put a f- one, and when they had to show an IP address, they they had, they added an octet because you couldn't, you couldn't do a real IP address. Otherwise, everybody on Reddit would like try and hit the IP. <laughs> Hold on one second. Look at this stupid, f- where is, I guess they had these stupid watches <laughs> that Colby has in here. I can't find them and they're always beeping. I, I just got to <laughs> throw them away. Nice. Nobody, nobody wears a watch these days anymore, right? Why would you? I know, it's weird. I, I didn't wear one anyway because they're so uncomfortable. No, neither did I. Not really. Not consistently. Um, anyway, again, I, I recommend... Mr. Robot. I recommend... Same thing, we watched the first... Where, where, where is it? Six, which channel? Which station? Which, well, we watched which, on Netflix. Which vendor? So it's available on Netflix? Yeah, I think just the first season is maybe. Mm. Um, I don't know. I was talking to Phil about it. Phil, Phil Washington. He's 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 a big fan as well. And um, I don't think the second season is maybe available yet. But but I think you can. Al- you always go to Amazon Prime. And How just many buy episodes? It. I don't know. Ten or mm. I think ten or twelve in the first season maybe. Mm. It's really good. Uh, I mean, I I know this this has been out a couple of years. I'm a year and a half behind, but I'm just saying for all of you our uh, technical listeners it's a it's well i watched that watch. one um the oa the oa yeah the oa it's, it, it's on um netflix it's kind of interesting it's, it's supposed a tv to be show like, called the oa yeah oa what does that stand for the original angel sounds dumb it was kind of interesting it's straight have you seen stranger things no yeah you know me, I like teenage I like teenage <laughs> <laughs> Ever since Drama Friday Night Lights. T- <laughs> Ever since Friday Night Lights. Drama written for teenage thirteen like, year old. What's girls. your demographic? <laughs> well, it's tween girls up to like eighteen year olds and Justin. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So I guess you get an update on uh, Math Academy. I would love it, please. So things are continuing to move forward. Um mm-hmm. So on Wednesday, Sandy and I are meeting with the guy who's going to be what I call our lead investor. Mm. Of course, he's not an investor. He's a donor. A philanthropist. Funder. Yeah. yeah. Um, so extremely wealthy, successful investor. Um, and he, if I, so. So what's, what was, so has he been just like tracking you and then deciding, okay, now I'm really going to go for it? Well, you know, he. He came and saw our class. He and his number, number you know, his number one, and they were brought in uh, by uh, a lady. She's the executive director of Pestine Community Foundation, which is a local nonprofit that supports the school district. Yeah, and they were really impressed in what they saw. And we went to big lunch, and you know, there's probably like eight of us there, and it's like a two-hour lunch, you know, and then. Did they want to come see another class with her that Haren taught because they wanted to see if this would scale beyond me, if it was just something, you know, if I had some magic 
fairy dust or something or mm-hmm. and then when they saw that Haran was enjoying the same kind of success they're like wow this really does seem like a this good scale work. yeah it's a big and then uh then we had a big uh meeting with the superintendent and sort of the senior um district staff and um justin is making (laughs) what he's making hand motions to make my voice go bigger project louder project all right so i'm like what is he doing (laughs) um I, you were distracting me. I can't. I can't think when you're making these like swimming in the air. <laughs> you like doing breaststroke on my couch. Air breaststroke. When you speak quietly, what happens is there's this. Um, it's almost like sounds staticky. So because there's less, there's just less audio signal so to it process. Has to pick up more. So you have to. You know, pick so up background well, noise. no. It's just. I mean, I don't. I don't do any editing to it beyond other than the basic filter. So you just end up sounding like. And the listeners have to suffer through that. That happens pretty much Wouldn't every show. Wouldn't it be show. funny if like, when people were being really boring, they just started to pixelate their whole thing? <laughs> That's what it is. It's pixelation because there's, there... there's just not enough information uh, for it to, uh, yeah. to project. Watch it happen in real life. Like, you just start to pixelate. Like, uh, just... <laughs> um, so uh, let's see here. Where was I? So... Then we had that big meeting, and then he could. Then that's when they said, "Look, we're definitely." I'll, he's like, "I'll definitely be your lead investor." I'll, you know, and we awesome. we I presented him with our with our sort of financial projections. If we had like a conservative or more aggressive um, growth expansion, and he, he, I think he was leaning more towards the the the, um, the more aggressive. Hmm. And so, what ended up happening is, I think you saw that there was an article written about us. Uh, so good, so good. It was like. It this this basically and this is classic PR basically. It's just like a great article about exactly what you do, and it described it described the scene so well. It just it just it really showed Jason in the room and a whole bunch of kids. Just like it just really it sounded a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So he's the, he's like the senior editor. One, he's been in the paper for years, and um, you should put a link to that in the show notes, right? Yeah, I'll put a link to it. Yeah, and. Um, so he uh, he came and sat in the class and and got a, got a, really got a big kick out of it. Even though he himself is not mathematical, like his sister is a mathematician and like mm. his you know father is a physicist and his you know it's like all these people in his family are like work at JPL or Caltech or mathematicians. So he he had a great appreciation for it. I was going to say that must give him a special affinity for it because all the people he loves do it. Yeah, you know. So there was enough. Yeah, there was enough people in his family that did it and so he, he understood the value and the importance of it and how and um so how impressive what the kids mm, yeah were and and everything so so um the so the article was great i was really you know obviously oh, happy great. it was funny he really captured kids kids the kids act crazy in that room captured you know? the essence of crazy kids so <laughs> i i have sort of changed up how i teach where i don't just have the kids sitting down anymore because middle school kids just have so much energy and trying to contain that is an exercise in futility. You either have to yell at them continually to shut up and focus, or you have to figure out some way to funnel that energy. And one thing I noticed is that when I was doing these sort of like these, uh, what I call an integration bee, I modeled off the MIT's integration bee where they come up on the board three at a time and work problems out and compete and who's the first one done. I'll put like a tricky integral up or something. Right. And so now, but they love it. Every time they come in, like, can we do integration? Can we do it? So now I'm like, screw it. That's just what we do. Let's just do everything like that. So rather than you guys 
rather have them all like sit down on their chairs and I'm like, I right, sit down, sit down, listen. All right, here's the problem. Do this. I'm like, all right, get the board teams of two and they'll have, they work together. So I have three positions on the board teams of two and I'll say, all right, so, or I'll give them like a word problem or prove, I'll give them a proof, something you have to prove or an integral to solve or something. And they are just into it. I mean, mm-hmm. they are just totally into it. And like, yeah, like he's like the guy said in the article, uh, Larry, who wrote, he said in the article, he's like, you know, I think it was George got it right. And George just went around the room, screwed. Yeah. Like he scored a goal <laughs> or something. And, and then another one, like David falls to his, he's like, oh, I forgot the cosine is that, you know, like he's like, he missed the goal. At the, you know, like he missed the penalty kick. I mean, it was like, yeah, they get that, but they were that into it. Mm. You know, and so in some ways it's crazy, but it's like it's it's channeled craziness. So I let them be themselves. I'm like, I can't, because what was happening was I would probably tell them to be quiet and stop talking. You know, I'd be like, Riley, stop talking. Colby, turn around, look at me. D- David, David, <laughs> David, look at me. You know, I do that like 40 times in an hour, 50 times. And I'm just like, it puts me in a bad mood. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, I'm, I don't want to be like, I like the math. They like the math. I like the kids, but I don't like telling them to be quiet and getting kind of grumpy with them, you know? And then I notice if I just do this where I'm like, screw it, like come to the board and everybody's doing it. And I'm just like, and then they're arguing with each other. Like, oh, that's right. Or this right. And they, and I, I don't really care. You're just letting the craziness exist. doesn't matter. You know, cause it's <coughs> interesting. Like when I was coaching Colby, when he used to play soccer and we we're like under six or under eight. And these are, you know, seven, five, six, seven, eight year old, your kids. And you'd see like some of the um, coaches would have to get ready for a game. They have warm up in two lines and one kid kicks the ball and the other one chase after it. But the most of the time they're standing around, they're standing around and they're bored. I'm just like, you know what? Everybody get a ball and just start shooting on the goal. And it's, it's chaos. <laughs> and I mean, it looks like chaos, but it is chaos. But you know how many shots they do on goal? Like 30 before they, they're kicking the ball and jumbling it around and kicking and they're running around and they're having fun. And what are these are the kids that get like three kicks on the ball and they're frustrated because they have to stand in a line. And I tell the parents, it's like, I know this, this is managed chaos. <laughs> like if this is and the parents are like, Oh, it's great. You know, and they, right. they didn't care. But, and I said, you know, this, so it's kind of like a managed chaos uh, and it works. And so anyway, so that was, that contributed to the great. That article. sounds like a great blog post, by the way. Yeah. You know, I think managed about it, chaos. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So good title. So, Yesterday, <clears throat> I had the Gary Lorden show up. Now, Gary is a professor. He's a professor emeritus of mathematics at Caltech. Okay, that's a big deal. Um, he's he's a poor guy. He's also hap- he also happens to be or was the technical advisor for the TV series Numbers. Oh wow! Did I mention this on the last show or not? No. Okay, so. Every, you know, do we watch numbers? Uh, I didn't watch it, but I know that it was about yeah, like a, one brother's a, a FBI agent, yeah. the other one's like a professor at Caltech, and they solve all the pr- the crimes. Through yeah, like the, math. the 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 one the one brother would be like, yeah, you know, we got this money laundering scheme, and we can't figure out that at all. He's like, oh yeah, you just use a Bayesian class from blah 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 blah, and they'd be like, really? He's like, yeah yeah, just show me the data and we'll figure it out. And then you know, <laughs> oh, we got these murders we can't track. Oh, you know, you just got to do a link analysis, you know. And so they would all. And, but they would really explain the math. Yeah. They would do it and they would explain it. And it was, it was real. 
It was like sometimes you see these fake equations and like, what is that crap? It looks like. And so he was the guy who did the consulting on this. That so show. they'd say like, we we need we need to solve this kind of problem in math. He's like, oh well, this is the kind of math you use, and he would spend you know, take a couple of days, two or three days of coming up with the mathematics to make it work and everything in that, and, and then they would build the story around the mathematics. Now, what did you say, Mathematica Meritus? Meritai? Professor Emeritus. Professor Emeritus. Now, Professor Emeritus is like, oh, you're a retired full-time professor. You're kind of a big deal professor. And it's like, you don't have any teaching responsibilities, but you still keep an office there, you know? You're, and, one, you're like, you're one of the big ones. You're, you're, yeah, a, big, you're, yeah, you're a big deal. I, you know, I I don't know if all full time I don't know if it's if if all full time professors can have a, a, a an emeritus position or if it's just like, you know, we they only grant it like to the big shots. But it's like yeah, it's that. So he has time. He has he has um, time available. He used to run their undergraduate research program at yeah. Caltech for the summer undergraduate research called Surf. What? And he was so he's like a. Why was he? How did he hear about you? Why was he in the class? Okay. So here's the uh, luck surfacearian effect. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, okay, so so I'm going to track this all the way back. So PF asked me to teach a summer course um, at the P PF summer class, a five-week thing, okay? Um, it's four-day a week. It was just, a, you know, whatever. Um, and my kids do it during the summer. It's like fun classes, ukulele and yoga and rocket science or whatever. What's PF? Pasadena Education Foundation. Okay, yeah. So I taught a math academy and I thought we could get a bunch of kids who were going to be like math academy type kids that we kind of advertised it like kids who did really well in math field day and want to push their math to the next level. But instead I got a bunch of, I got, I got a range. I got a couple of kids like that, but I got mostly got kids who were like needed extra help with math. Yeah. But I said, you know, screw it. I'm still going to try and teach them algebra because I don't want to, do add fractions all day. It's just boring, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. I did it as an experiment. And, I, I, and we talked about on the show, I had to hold the belt. I did a karate belt system and I had them all working independently. And well, anyway, the PF was doing a tour of, uh, they were taking the Pasty Community Foundation people on a tour of the PEF summer class program. Because Pasty Community Foundation is another nonprofit that raises money for the, for the district. Um, they don't put on programs, or they just raise money. PEF raises money and puts on programs. So I had, so they, I get a knock on the door, and there's like you know eight or ten adults kind of file in, and and uh, you know um, I can't remember who it was says, hey Jason, you mind if we, you know? And I'm like yeah, yeah. And so I just kind of like said, oh, this is what we're doing, and uh, and uh, and I said, and I and I had the kids showed the kids off, and it was just like four or five minutes. And one of the women there, she's like, oh, this is just incredible. I could listen to you all day. And I was like, oh, that's a really nice thing to say. You know, <laughs> she was just, and they left. And um, I got home and I told Sandy about it later that day. She said, oh, and she's like, well, how's your day? And it's like, oh, this, you know, this group from, uh, I don't know, Pasadena something. And she's like, was it Pasadena Community Foundation? I'm like, that might be right. And I, she's like, and, I, and she's like, well, was there a, I said there was this blonde woman who was asking me, and she's like, oh, was her name Jennifer? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, oh, I bet that was Jennifer Duvall. She's the executive director for Pasadena Community Foundation. I know her. She's also a past president of the Pasadena Junior League, which of course Sandy was. Mm -hmm. And so she so emailed her, emailed Jennifer. She's like, oh, she's like, I um, I heard you stopped by and saw some PEF classes. She's like, that was my, the blonde guy teaching math class was my husband. 
And Jennifer was like, oh, that was such a wonderful class. And I was so excited to see it. Da, da, da. And so Sandy said, let's go out to, why don't we go out and grab coffee or lunch? So they went and had like a long lunch. And she, Sandy told her all about Math Academy. Mm-hmm. And, and then, so then like a month later, she says, you know, I have someone I'd really like to bring by your, uh, to see Jason's class. And, um, cause you know, after Sandy told her everything about it. So she brought by this funder. The guy, funder guy. guy. Right. Yeah. To come and see the class. And so it's kind of like, had I not taught this class and had Sandy not followed up, you know, I wouldn't have had this guy come by the class. Okay. So now that's how I know Jennifer. So then Sandy starts talking, you know, Sandy had been talking a lot lately and Sandy's been saying, you know, I really think we need to create our own nonprofit because we're raising a lot of money and this is kind of a big thing and having it just underneath PEF or something is just not probably right, especially since our vision is ultimately bigger than Pasadena. And I'm like, I agree. She's like, well, I, she's like, I, you know, I think we should talk to her. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's meet, let's go meet her for coffee shop. So we go and meet her up at, um, this was the original girl, the woman who yeah, exactly, said yeah. she could listen to you all day. Yeah, so she okay, and, nice. and she's oh, she's probably mid late fifties. So she's right. director of a big foundation. She's right. a wonderful lady. And so we go meet her at coffee at was it Europan? Right over across the street. Ah, uh, Europan. Yeah, you like that place. So you know, right across the street from the Paseo. Mm-hmm. So we come we come walking in and she's like, Oh hey guys. She's like, Oh, I you know, um let me introduce you to Bill Deverell. She's, he just happened to be sitting there next to him. She's like, she's like, Bill used to actually be a um, a professor at Caltech. He's a he's a history professor. He's the curator. He's in charge of the photography exhibit at Huntington, and he's a professor of history at USC. Mm-hmm. And and um, so then he she got oh I was just telling him a little bit about Math Academy, and he's like oh he said that sounds amazing. I'm really excited for you guys. I'd love to catch up more. Whatever. So then we meet with her and she gives a bunch of advice on how to start a nonprofit. Yeah. So she does an intro with Bill and she's like, you know, I think you guys should talk. And Bill said, yeah, I'd like to hear more. She's like, he's like, I know some people at Caltech that I think you might, might be interested in hearing more about this, but I'd like to meet in person to just understand a little better what you're doing before I start. So then he invites me to breakfast at the Athenaeum, which is the, the sort of the dining club at, Caltech, you have to be like a professor or something. Nice, yeah. So we get there, and then I tell him about, it, and he's just super nice guy, and he's but he's just like, oh, I just love this. This is this is such a great thing, and it's he does some kind of a similar like thing with kids and um, in terms of the history and the infrastructure of Los Angeles or whatever stuff. So he's talking to me about with with high school kids. Mm. So he's like, you know, I totally get what you're doing, and now it's a big deal. And he's like, you know, I have some people I want to talk to. He's like, we could start going straight to the president, but he's like, I am friends with the, I'm really good friends with the dean, but I, but this my friend Gary, I think would be great. He's a mathematician. And so then we have breakfast again, like next week with Gary. And we have again, we have a three hour breakfast, and I'm sitting there telling Gary about everything. And so Bill, after hours, like, hey guys, I got to go. I have a class. So <laughs> you guys talk. So we stay for two more hours talking. That's not surprising. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gary talks <laughs> as much more as than he... more than me. Oh wow, that's Gary great. is a super talker, and so, but it was a series of going out and talking to people, which leads to more stuff, right? And it's so, incredible. Gary, I've forgotten the name of the professor emeritus, Gary that, Lorden. That's Gary. Okay, right. And so, Gary came and saw my class yesterday. Okay, and what did he say? He was like, so. 
same scenarios as when Larry the from from the passing story news came by. He just sat in there, and I said, "All right, let's do." So I had I was doing integration by parts, uh, implicit differentiation, differential equation. Let's do some related rates problems. You know, we did some proof. We did a proof with um, congruence and divisibility. And he's just like, "Wow!" He's just he's just floored. And he so a couple of things he said to me. He goes, he comes. You know, after the kids leave, he's just like, um, he's like, you know. I was expecting to be impressed, you know, because of what he said, but I'm really impressed. It's like, this is just really amazing. Right. And I was like, wow, that's, I mean, this guy was the dead of the math for numbers. I'm like, I'm still kind of like <laughs> in, in awe of him. And right. he's sitting here telling me how amazing, I'm like, this is really cool. And then he's like, he goes, he goes, let me ask you a question. So when they did, that integration by substitution, it was like 10x plus one over nine plus 25x to the fourth. He's like, how did they know that the, you know, the U and the DU and the substitution, how did he know that this so quickly? And because my kids skipped like seven steps and just basically looked at it and go, okay, well, it's clearly going to be one fourth arctan of, you know, 5x squared over four plus C. And he's just like, how did they know that? And I, how, how do they know it so fast? Like, I don't understand how they knew it that quickly. I'm like, well, I was like, they weren't fast at first, but when he started practicing it on the board, like it was an integration B where speed is important, they just got faster and faster and faster. Because initially I just said, like, quit writing down the problem in detail and write step, like skip steps when you can, because when it's a competition for speed, you, you don't want to waste time. Don't waste time. And he's just like, wow. <laughs> he's just, I couldn't believe like how how fast it but you know of course they also were doing you know tricky some tricky word problems i had them do a related rights problem where it was like you know water's coming into a cone which has a radius of this and a height at this and it's leaking at this and how much how fast is the volume changing with the radius set and, he, and they're all drawing diagrams doing all this stuff and everybody gets it right it's like a negative 162 centimeters <laughs> he's just like so he's just shaking his head going geez so he um in fact, we and he, we stayed after so long, so long afterwards that I mean, I was I only had so much time to have lunch to come back teach my sister class, and I'm just starving. I'm just like, geez, <laughs> like I'm not gonna get to eat, and I'm like, just, you know, in your stomach, it's just like, yeah. And uh, but uh, he was. It's one thing he said, which was really fun. He's like, because he's asking me, he's like, because I had them all at the board, and I said, look, I know this seems a little weird. Because all, all six kids are at the board in teams of two in the work. And I said, you know, the same thing I just said earlier. I was like, you know, tired of yelling at the kids. Manage chaos. And I just, I, I said, look, I'd like to say that, like, I was a, you know, I just had this epiphany, you know, I'm this genius about, like, what's going to work. It was more like I tried something for some other reason, and I noticed that it worked. And I just said, why don't we just do more of that? <laughs> Yeah. You know, like it was preparing for an integration bee and our little mock integration bees were just like a treat we would do once every three or four days or for the last 15 minutes of class if they were good. And then I just got tired of like yelling at him and I said, screw it, we're just going to do this all the time. And he said, you know, he's like, this is amazing. It's great. It just works great. He's like, I totally get it. He's like, you know, in fact, one of the professors at uh, Caltech, I can't, I can't remember the name. He's like, he did the experiment where they were kids were all at the board and he said it worked really well. He's like, yeah, I could see how this could work. He's like, yeah, you could do it with 30 kids. But, you know, if you had whiteboards all around the room, which they do, you could totally do this with 20 kids. Yeah. Because he's like, I can see, he's like, he's like, of all your pedagogical innovations, like having the kids be able to stand up and move around when they're this young is actually like really clever. And I said, and again, it was like, 
I look back of all the a lot of the again all but most of the things that I've done, I it's just a result of iteration and experimentation. Mm. You know? Like, I didn't know the that kids this age could do calculus. I didn't know that they could do this. I didn't know this. I would kind of try stuff that had some into that seemed intuitively like instinctively i was like oh this should work and sometimes would sometimes but then i would iterate and then it just just like startup like i because oh because he, he said to me he goes he's well how are they doing the homework or what and i said well i built an online system he's like oh so you post on our website I'm like no no i built a whole online system to do this thing he's like what he's I was like and i'm like yeah yeah and i was like well i'm a software developer so you know we never hammer everything's a nail right so i solve software and he's like yeah okay he's like he's like this seems strikes me as the kind of thing that if it was done at a real like in a school district or it would be like committees it would take years and I said, yeah, well, I'm from startup world. And I was like, you, you just got yourself and mm. you just do stuff and you just like make it happen. Yeah. So anyway, so that was Gary's visit. So we got the, we got Wednesday we're meeting to get this. Can we call the show Gary's visit? Gary's visit. <laughs> <laughs> I think managed chaos. Managed chaos. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's true. That's really good. And so he goes, oh, and so then we, so the Gary's thing. Oh, and then also I had... So this was like uh, maybe a three or four weeks ago, before the break, a week before the break or so, and um, the principal came to me and said, hey, Jason, so there's this guy who stopped by who's interested in, in education. He's a math guy, and he just like stopped by and wrote us a check and said he'd like to help any way he could. So I was like, I think you should talk to him. So I get his contact, find out, oh, this guy has like a master. He's like, was ran a trading desk at Deutsche Bank. <laughs> you know, Wall Street, and he got a master's in applied physics from Caltech. And I'm like, okay, this guy is like legit, and he has his own st startup called VR. I think it's called VR Analytics, VR, VR Analytics here in Pasadena, which is like using virtual reality to ex to explore, like, in data science to explore data sets and mm. stuff, kind of like you know, Minority Report kind of stuff. Mm. And um, so, you know, we got together for coffee, and he, you know, needless to say, it was you know right up his alley as well, being a math physics guy. And uh, he came to my class earlier the week too, and he had the same kind of reaction. He was just like, "Wow, this is really, really fun, really, really cool." He's like, "These are real problems," because he was saying, "Like these are, I love these problems. These are great problems." Mm. And because um, I was, I, you know, I got put a lot of word problems and stuff and things and tricky, tricky uh, integrals and things. And so he's like, "Listen," he's like, um, "Let's, you know." Because he didn't really know where we were on the fundraise. He's like, I'd like to help you raise money. He's like, you know, he had mentioned that he would be could help put some money. And he's like, let's put together a pitch deck. I'll help you with the pitch deck. And then let's get you in front of the Caltech associates. Because let's let me put together, you know, well, let's see if we can, I can help you get some people from Caltech, put a board of big time Caltech people, which will then go a long way with the Caltech associates. The Caltech associates are like a, a group of really wealthy people who fund the buildings at Caltech. Mm. When you go want to go buy a $30 million biosciences building, these are the people who fund it. Mm. So obviously this is big, big money. This is, um, but also it's, it's, it's so well aligned with Caltech and then it brings so much prestige to what you're doing to have these Caltech people behind yeah, you. Yeah, and if I and have Gary Lorden and, yeah. you know, his people, and he's like, yeah, my good friend, he's, a, he's the chairman of the, of the computer science department at Caltech, you know, he, I think he'll be really interested. And because I said, oh, I emailed him. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's my good friend. Don't worry about it. I'll just, you know. And uh, so, and then the Keck Foundation. Now, you've, you know, you've heard of Keck Foundation, right? You, you go into, you, they go to 110 and there's a big sign of the Keck Foundation for the USC Medical Center. They like fund like the big medical center. The Keck Foundation is huge. Mm. 
It's massive. It's big. So we're having a call back with them on Wednesday. They want mm. to know more. This got, is awesome. Sandy must be playing a big role in this, like because of her, she's got a lot of experience in this. Uh, not quite yet. A little bit. Right. She comes in, you know. She, but she's. I mean, it's as we get as as we form our own nonprofit and stuff. She will definitely play it much. I mean, she some, but she will start playing. Got it. More. She's is she still teaching or it's just you? Teaching? She teaches a fifth grade class, but we're getting um, Nina, who I had had sort of like as a TA last year. Mm. I think I mentioned she's the one. She got her PA, her master's degree in physics from Caltech, right? And she's um, gonna take over Sandy's class, I think, next month, mm. which Sandy's really looking forward to because she wants her her. <laughs> nice. back. I also got a call. I had a phone call with um, Robert Pfefferman, who is the chairman of the math department at University of Chicago. Uh, he's another big, his brother was a fields medalist. He's at, at Princeton. So Pfefferman, huge deal. Mm. So he's good friends with the guy who's our sort of a lead investor. And so we had like a 45 minute call. This it was like a New Year's Eve or something and, or no Christmas Eve day. I think it was. And, um, so he, cause the funder said, Hey, let me have him introduce you to, to, to raw, to, um, to Bob. <laughs> it's like calling, so, calling Professor Pfefferman Bob just sounds really awkward to me because I've been a student there. I'm like, hey, Bob. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, he used to be your professor. Well, he, yeah. I mean, He's he was like, the professor that everybody wanted in the math department. I didn't get, I wasn't able to get in his section. It was so popular, but it was right. just kind of luck. And, but yeah, but I mean, at that time, he wasn't even like, he was like, because this is in the early 90s, he wasn't the chairman of the department or anything like that, but he was still like an exceptionally good instructor yeah not only was a great mathematician everybody wanted to have him as a teacher because he was so good um but you know it just feels like it's very weird to me call gary gary and but like i mean i feel like i'm being extremely um so you know um, how um it, there's this impression of china the kids that like the kids being so good at math like that being something that's driven really really well and mm -hmm. them far outstripping american kids at math mm -hmm. do you think that what you're doing levels of playing field or in fact brings us ahead in many ways well my kids will be way ahead of of what kids are doing anywhere i don't care what country you're in mm -hmm. you do not do calculus in middle school okay okay i mean you're years and years ahead of everybody else it's totally resetting it's like if someone came and told you that we're running a two-minute mile you're like what are you even talking about is that even possible it does not so like yeah i mean you might say, well, like Chinese in Singapore, China, Finland, you know, they're like a year ahead in us in math and they are a year, year and a half or like what they do, what we do in sixth grade, they're doing in fourth grade or something, but they're still not that, it's not, they're not. But this is an, this is a quantum leap. This is exponential. This is oh, like. It's just way big. This yeah, is yeah, huge. yeah. It's way, way, way faster. And um, it's hard for me to appreciate because of having no, you know. Yeah, no, having no math. I, I, all I could only do is speak through analogy, and you'd be <laughs> right. like, "Okay, I don't. I guess. I mean, um, of course, the analogies I would use might be like sports or something. You still don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's so far more. It's it's just much much more advanced. Um, yeah, it was one thing that Gary said when he was visiting yesterday. He said, he said, so like, he's like, so how many kids? He goes, he goes, how many fifth graders are in this? Are in your are in the school because I didn't know we we're sitting there with the kids working. I go, Colby, what? I go, do you have any seventh? Oh yeah, he, I go, I go, how do you have any seventh graders around here? And Colby's like, yeah, there's 120. He's like, okay, so you got six, so five percent. I said, yeah, five percent. He's like, so the top five percent. 
And he's like, yeah, it's really interesting. He's like, because I would have thought there might be six kids in all of Pasadena, including San Marino and La Cunada. Who could do something like this. And this includes all the private schools. Yeah. That could do this. Like the top point, you know, 0.01% or something might be able to do this. Not the top 5%. So you're vastly increasing the... the and the, I bet you the, could go further. I bet you could go a bit further. Like I bet you there's a couple of extra other kids you could bring in. Right. Yeah. I mean, there it, there is a drop off. Just slip through the cracks. It does. Know? They do. There is a drop off. Like Sandy had initially only had like five or six kids in her fifth grade class, and and we kind of lobbied to try and get a couple more kids in, but then when we got them in, the level dropped significantly. Mm. They just don't learn it as quickly. Mm-hmm. There is. It's just. I mean. But did we try? Did we try on the on the board with those kids? You know what I mean. Well, no, it's just, it's not about that. It's it's not that they're, it's, it's just that they don't, they get confused about it. They don't learn as quickly. Okay. They don't understand as quickly. I mean, you know, not not everybody has the same engine. So it's a specific you know? kind of mind. Yeah, we all, we all, I mean, it's just, it's like with anything. I mean, it's like, you know, we're all not, we're all not genetically identical, right? You have a heart where you beats 49 beats from it. There are going to be people, there are going to be people whose heart rates beat at 90 and people who beats at 40, right? Just genetically, it's right? Still, uh, it's still a crap load of kids. If you like five five kids from every, from, well, more from, e- so, from every grade in every school in America, I mean, it's like, uh, so, like a well, huge amount of kids could be exponentially more advanced in math. Yeah, you just want these kids essentially, you know, punching, you want them to be able to punch way above their weight. You don't want the only people that can, can be, doing really high level math and science and stuff to be like the 0.01% when in reality, like when they, when they test the IQs of some of these like theoretical physicists and mathematicians, their average IQ is 134, not 170, you know, not a hundred not some ridiculously outlandish, but like you're, you're talking the top few percent or top five percent, you know, I mean, I think I can't, I can't remember how percentiles line up, but 134 IQ, like 132 is like, baseline entrance to Mensa. That's like your basic baseline gifted. You know, this isn't like, hey, this kid taught himself, you know, um, three languages in, in algebra when he was six. This is kids who are just like, oh, you know, these are your typical, like every grade has a handful of kids who are there. If, if this really takes off, um, you could change the system because basically, you know, Harvard would be like, well, you didn't, you, you're not a math academy kid. You can't come in. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, it definitely raise it definitely will raise the bar across the spectrum. But that's what I'm hoping that, and as I've talked about on other shows, that you know, if we can if we can demonstrate and have a kind of have a factory on our side where we have fifty to sixty kids graduate from the district every year who are at this level, and that means you're getting, you know, two to three kids at each of the top 20, 25 math and science departments around the country. And so they look at their very, very top kids and there's like, geez, I got, you know, every once in a while we get a kid from IMSA or Bronx Science or Exeter. And we get a, maybe we get a kid who was one of the math Olympians and we always get a couple math academy kids from Pasadena. What the hell? What's going on? You know, I mean, it's just yeah, weird. Like that how, would be an out, a black swan outlier. Yeah, right? like I, you guys are punching way above your weight, way, way above your weight. And then, as I've said before, the hope is that other districts will want 
will be pressured by the parents to follow suit, that they, the parents will just not accept what they're being given when just down the street, this school district where two thirds of the kids are on free and reduced lunch, two thirds are doing this. It's one thing if you say, oh, well, hey, you know, we read, we read New York Times that there's this charter school in uh, Palo Alto where they're, it's like, okay, well, like, there are probably about 15 reasons why they can do that in terms of money, in terms of like their gene pool of brilliant parents and their kids and the, the flexibility of the charter school and all this stuff. Okay. And the money they got from Zuckerberg or somebody, but no, 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 we don't have any of that. And so if, if, and I think people who are, interested in funding this and supporting this see that and they're like okay there's no reason why this should work but yet it's working and it's working well and the parents you know are loving it and the kids are loving it so they they're like let's 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 see let's help these guys out and see if they can really go so so it's been really great i mean it's it's great and i already told you i'm I'm pretty sure we already did the whole thing where i had the parent meeting with the parents that was back before the christmas break i think Mm -hmm. i talked all about that so yeah so now it's just uh, and last thing I'll say about it I um I uh the I told Nina I told you about Nina who's the who's going to take over Sandy's class and mm-hmm. she's the master's degree in physics from Caltech person she she's awesome well, she I've hired her to write content and and um and for the for the system mm, come up with questions yeah. well she just emailed well actually i have two undergraduate uh engineering guys who are writing the questions but she's going to write the actual tech ex- text explaining you mm, know, got it. solving yeah. by quadratic equations and yeah. know, so we're yeah. in fact she just sent me a bunch of links she's like all right I, what do you think of these so we're going to be going back and forth and um i think and then she emailed this morning she's like can i go up to like from 10 to 20 hours because i'm really having fun doing this and i'd like to <laughs> and i'm like okay well let's um Let's, you know, I, I think I'm going to do it. And what, it, what I might, uh, ultimately, I'd like her to evolve into be like director of curriculum so that, so that she can manage this stuff. So I yeah. can say the high level, like, you know, I don't want her to say, okay, I've created five topics, write this. I'm like, you tell me, you go look at all the algebra two or all the pre-calculus books and syllabus and you look at the math, the, the exams and what's on them and what we need to do and tell you, for you kind of suggesting me like here i think we need to add in these 15 topics so and i think we need to you're essentially in like a full-on startup mode right now like you're oh, self-funding yeah. yes you're self-funding a startup and it's a it's a non-profit startup well that- i think the software itself will will be a a revenue generating thing i mean i haven't decided whether the software itself will be owned by the nonprofit or that'll be its own separate thing it'll probably be owned by the nonprofit. um and then, but then it could generate and funnel money. Is there like a limit? I mean, so let's say, so you're doing nonprofit, right? Is there a limit to what you can personally take out of that kind of thing? I mean, what is it? No, I mean, I think it's, it, it, it probably, um, I mean, you know, big nonprofits, Salvation Army or whatever, these people, I mean, the executives of those things make a lot of money. You know, I mean, sometimes they make so much money that people are complaining about it. You know, Got like it, Jesus right. Christ is making a million dollars a year three quarters of a million dollars a year writing a nonprofit, is this really appropriate? But if you are right, if, if, if you want professional caliber people running a large nonprofit, you have to pay them a living, mm. some kind of a market rate. I mean, something that you maybe don't pay them quite as much as if they were working at a, at a, you know, a public company or some kind of thing, but you know, you just can't give high quality people unless you pay them a decent thing. So it's not like these people make them pay themselves $50,000 a year. I mean, they pay themselves 
right. you know, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars a year, or whatever. I mean, depending on the size of probably half a million, I guess it's some. But I mean, it's like it's probably the kind of thing if it got big enough and successful enough, and the um, especially if the system itself was generating a lot of money, like let's say it itself became a successful. You could convert it to a for profit, for example. Yeah, you you um there there's sometimes you have a called a for benefit corporation. There's like two kind of variations of it, a for benefit and there's something that has a similar sounding name where you you're you have certain tax breaks in certain sense because you're ultimately doing something for the social good, but you can make a certain amount of profit. Mm. But like let's say that this system became very successful and was making, you know, a million all right, that's very successful, making a million dollars a year or something, two million dollars a year. You know, and I had a few developers and some content people and whatever, and then I was running that. Like I could totally pay myself like a legitimate salary. Got it, yeah. And then, uh, and then a lot of the excess money was funneled into the nonprofit itself to help buy different instructors or to help spread the. Well, but if it's being, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some point where if it's actually just making a profit, you kind of don't need the people to fund to fund it if it's making enough profit. Well, right. it depends. Yeah, it depends on how big. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, yeah. I mean, I don't know how six will be. But then for me, it's like, it all depends on what happens with Uber for me. Yeah. If Uber, if Uber becomes a Groupon and flames out and I got to pay myself, then, then I'd be like, I need to figure out a way to make some income. If Uber is successful and has a great APO, then I don't really have to worry so much about paying myself through Got revenue it. from the system. Don't I really quite just, see how Uber's going to become a Groupon, but I'm just saying. You know, yeah, right. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not creating this with the goal of enriching myself. Yeah, no, I mean, fair, my yeah. hope is that I'm not going to have to worry about that, and then I can just do this, and I can use all of its revenue for the purpose of a, of making the just platform growing. better and making Math Academy um, more um, impactful across the country mm. that's sort of my thought crazy well then then the next thing you need is okay so you've got all these kids walking around who are like you know this multi a multiplier in terms mm. of their math intelligence so then the next thing is for the to achieve the elon musk goal that you're talking about you need to then put them through entrepreneurial courses as well right so <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like so 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 they've got the smarts and now they need the business that's a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah, it is a whole different thing. That's very, yeah. You know, one other thing I wanted to say that I thought was really interesting um, happened the other day. So this, I mean, it happened, I've been thinking about recently. So before the break, I was um, getting the kids ready for, I, I, I held the final exam for this semester or whatever. And, and I was working with one of, the, one of the girls came to me and she's like, she's like, I don't understand. Is 0.25 times Y squared plus 0.5 Y equals one or i like i don't understand how to solve a quadratic equation that has decimals i'm like well why don't we get rid of the decimals and she's like well how do we do that i'm like just multiply it by four right like what's four times 0.25 she's like i i, I don't i don't know i'm like what is four times four quarters i mean when we have four quarters if she's like a dollar a hundred cents i'm like yeah well four times 0.25 is one I'm like, all right, all right, like, I'm like, she's probably just freezing up because she's standing on the board and I'm kind of putting her on the spot, you know, I, I maybe, and I say, okay, well, then, then we have four times 0.5, right? So what's four times 0.5 is, and she just kind of lets a blank look and I'm like, four halves. She kind of shakes, I'm like, two, right? Mm. Two halves is one, so four, and I was like, oh, geez. 
So I'm like, whew, I, these, some of these kids may not have really good number sense. They may not have developed these very basic number sense skills. And she, this particular girl has done pretty well. She's kind of in the middle of the pack. Mm. Very good student, in, in, immaculate, you know, the way she works her equations and everything like that. Um, and so then I gave them, I said, all right, well, here's what I need to do. I need to give the kids a, uh, a number sense diagnostic to find out where they're weak and where they're strong. Because I don't want to just assume that they all are good or are all not good. Um, so I, um, I gave a 24-question quiz, as you can see here. Um, I'll show, show it to you afterwards. But, you know, it was very simple. One started with like 15, 52 plus 83 or 32 times 0.05. And then it gets harder. It's like, you know, 6% you know, uh, of 80, 891 minus 922. So basic, math, basic math. Yeah, 12% of 90. What is that? You know, uh, you know, 0.2 times 0.7 times 0.1. Like, you okay. just, but be able to quick, like, you be able to understand what these numbers mean. You could just go, or like, what's six times 297? And what what was the result? Well, so I gave it to Colby first, right? And he did it. It's twenty four questions. He did eight and a half minutes and missed one, which is pretty good considering I was his the sisters were distracting him, and he was just kind of, mm. and then. Well, actually, I think he missed two, but one was he just wrote them. He wrote the numbers down backwards just being quickly. So I was like, what? But Colby is really good number sense. If there's one thing he's good at, that's that. Like, the point, he was so good at number sense that, like, he never memorized his multiplication tables because he fooled us into thinking that because he could do the calculation so quickly in his head. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still tease him about. I'm like, I know that nine times eight is 72, but you actually have to calculate it in your head. Mm-hmm. which is dumb because <laughs> you have to waste cog- mental cycles. You just should know them. I mean, I think he's kind of memorized them now, but anyway, so I was like, all right, so let me give it, so I give it to the sixth graders and you know, sure enough, it was weak. Uh, the best of them was 16 and a half out of 24 and I gave him 10 minutes and the weakest was a six, the same girl who was, I got a six and I was, I knew she was going to be mm. struggle. So I'm like, and then I gave the same test to my, to my seventh graders and again, Colby was the top, which I, didn't surprise me. In part because he's so lazy that he does everything in his head. He just hates to write. Mm, that he's mm. just, I think, developed that skill. Like even when <laughs> doing integrals and doing calculus problems, he'll just do it all in his head, which I get really mad at. Because but it's funny sense. because because this is very fundamental. But they're so in some senses they're they're weaker at, the, at that fundamental right now until you bring them up. So that might shock someone like Gary, who's like, wait a second, they're doing these crazy like calculus but like this the the basic stuff is yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of like if you had a bunch of athletes and they couldn't even touch their toes right like all right we need to work on flexibility guys right like but, okay yeah. like i could see how you can you found a way to be successful at playing this sport without having much flexibility but you're going to be more injury prone and with not having the flexibility and you probably if we can make you more flexible be more successful mm. and you can you, you your techniques will be will be better you can just whatever so um, I, I'm going to, I've started to come up with a battery of, um, of drills that we're going to do. I'll probably take the first 10 minutes of every class. Mm. Um, we're going to warm up and I, you know, there's different techniques of like how to think about how to add numbers in your head or Is Colby going to be drill sergeant? Well, he'd love to do that <laughs> if he could. He's like, oh, well, I want to teach the class. I want to tell him because he's, he's pretty, cl- he's got good techniques. I mean, you know, well, well, something if you ask people, like I was doing with Phil, we were at lunch today and I, and I would say, all right, here, let me give you this question. How would you figure it out? And he would often do it a little differently than I would do it. 
and Colby would do it differently. Or then say, so there's, there's stuff in there's different ways to make a hard problem easier. So if I say, well, what's six times 297? Just they're curious, well, how would you think about doing that? I know you're not a math guy, so I'm not trying to like, but. Six times 297? Yeah. I'd break it out. Well, the first thing I'd do is I'd break it out into hundreds. Okay. So I'd say six times six times 100 is, is 600. Six times another 100 is 600. So that's 1,200. And then I'd, I'd do the same again, and I'd take off three. Okay. You know? So I think, yeah. so that'll work. I, I think the easiest way is to round it up to 300 and say six times 300 is 1,800. Right. Right. And then it's, and about 297 is three less than 300. Yeah. So then six times three is 18. Subtract 18 from 1,800, and it's... 782, 1782. Yeah. So anyway, but you ask people and there's like multiple ways to skin it, but as if you understand what the, what the kind of the numbers, how they relate to each other, what they are, you get quick with them. And um, I think part of being good problem solver is having just a good number sense about and a comfort level and things and and also to check where because you can run through a bunch of calculation and get some weird number that like doesn't even make any sense. If you, if you had a decent number sense, you're like, well, clearly the number has to be between 0.5 and 1. And if you give the number a 72, you're like, how does that make any sense? Like, which kids who have bad number sense will do that. Anyway, so I thought that was really strange. But what this is coming from is that some kids, they don't work on number sense that they should do up through fifth grade. And kids like that one girl I mentioned, like she's such a good student, so OCD that she would never cheat and try and do it in her head. She would do it everything procedurally written out very carefully. And I and I and I'm like I love that about you, but you also need to be like this lazy guy over here, Golby or Nathan, who do everything in their head. I want you to do both. <laughs> I want you to be able to just. Did you make up the term number sense? No, that's no. a that's a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a thing. So, because um, the the best kid in the sixth grade is like Colby, lazy. <laughs> he's he's the same characteristics of being sort of you know, mathematically gifted or whatever, lazy and cocky <laughs> and had crap handwriting. <laughs> the same, because I knew, and he's just, he, he's just like Colby. He has always really good, like, mathematical insights and all this thing. But then I look at his work. I'm like, where's your work? He's like, I don't, well, I just, I'm like, really? <laughs> like, you're, like, if you look at some of the girls in my class, and it'll be like seven rows of lines, we're going to the equations, he'll just have like three scratches and like seven times the square root of two. I'm like, well, it's wrong. It's plus minus seven times square root of two. And had you done this, you would have seen that. <laughs> you know? But anyway, it's it's um, it's all part. But it, it, I just thought it was funny. It's like I, I just realized that now I gotta make that part of the program. We gotta develop number sense, just like we have to develop, mm. you know, sort of the you know understanding more complex methods. That sounds like something that'd be pretty easy to do on your platform. Yeah, and I, although I'm probably gonna do much more in class because it's easy to cheat at home. You just get the calculator. <laughs> Got it, right. I'd rather just sit there and go, all right, five minutes, 15 questions, go! And then just have them do it and be like, all right, what are our strategies? What are you doing? And just over time, they'll just get better and better and better. And right. Then we don't have to worry about it. So how long have we been on? Two hours. I guess that's a that's a wrap, huh? I think so. I think it might be. Yeah, I need to go hit the gym. What time is it? Um, I don't have a watch, man. Probably 445. Like <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta hit the gym. Um, right. I'm on the, on the, uh, the new man plan, the new, new, new man plan. <laughs> I've got to get an Uber back. All right. Uh, that's the wrap. We're out. <laughs>